episode three of the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods. I am your host, Rob, and you can find me on the website as Riffrat. Joining me tonight, I have... Uh, <laughs> this is Siobhan. You also know me as Eyes of Seraphim on Caffeine Crew. She's not sure what her name is. <laughs> this is Kenny, and you can find me as WC Kenny Me on Caffeine Crew. This is Kat. Uh, my name is... <laughs> what? It's a weird mystery <laughs> name is What? <laughs> Yay. Um, it's K at McIntyre MT on the site. I'm Lynch. I'm Asher Dales on the site, and I'm just a random fill in tonight because a hole needed fill. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> that will come up later tonight. Come up being the operative words. Nice. But do not let Lynch befuddle you. He is the master of the sound. Anytime you hear the podcast, it is always because of him that we can get it done. Sounding. He takes care of everything on the soundboard. So we're bringing him close. And if you've listened, listened closely, you might have heard him a few times in the background before. Yep. And uh, obviously, too, um, everybody's already probably found out that uh, everything's back to normal with CMP. Uh, ca- like chaotic neutrals yeah, running we're, normally again. And- yeah, we're back, on, we're back on our bi-weekly schedule. Cool. Uh, Sundays, and they get released whenever, whenever. I feel like it. <laughs> and uh, some people are asking what our schedule is, too, and our show is um, bi-weekly as well. So it doesn't mean it always is going to be um, our show and then Chaotic Neutral the week after. It's They release whenever they whenever, whenever Lynch wants But we, record, <laughs> we always record within a fortnight. So. Oh, fancy words. <laughs> okay, so I have a question for you all. So, would you rather have a zombie apocalypse or a biblical apocalypse? And I'm going to start tonight with Kenny. Well, they already know my answer to this. I would rather have the biblical apocalypse because I am an innocent little child. So, a beam of light would come down and it would suck me up to the heavens where I would get sucked off by a hundred different virgins and angels. And I'm combining a lot of religions, but I don't care. I'm about to say, what faith are you? I I am a faith of all things where I get laid in the afterlife. So, I'm down for it. So, of course, biblical apocalypse. Why not? Why not a zombie apocalypse, though? All right, I've got to show you. Let's see. What would has happened? A zombie apocalypse. An old, crusty guy with flesh falling off him bites my penis off versus the biblical apocalypse where I get taken up to heaven and a hot, blonde angel sucks my penis off. There's, uh, there's, no, there's no question. I also know you really well, though, so the chances of hell, if that exists, <laughs> are also very feasible. Don't know yeah. what you mean, because I don't get caught. So <laughs> the man who can talk himself through any situation—it's—it's <laughs> it's what they say. It's only—it's only bad if you get caught doing it. So, all right, Cat, you're up next. Alrighty, I'd rather the zombie apocalypse because yeah. biblical apocalypse is all you know, fire and brimstone, all that kind of stuff. There's. There might be fighting angels. I mean, look at Supernatural. That's like biblical-style apocalypse that was heading on, and that was crazy shit. I don't want to be a part of that. Zombie apocalypse, at least I could do something. Well, you know what? I have to interject and, and put a clarification on this. What style of zombie are you talking about in the zombie apocalypse? Ooh, That's good a good question. question. Uh, I'm going to go old-school Romero, so slow zombies. Okay, thank no, God. No bullshit fast zombies. <laughs> All right. I would still pick zombie apocalypse even if they were the super fast zombies. I don't know. That's pretty rough. Yeah, but it's still like better than the biblical apocalypse. is just so huge yep. that you don't even stand a fucking chance. 
True, but the zombie... If you have the fast zombie apocalypse, remember you've also got, like, fast zombies in America. Think of what the Kenyan zombies would be like. And they would just oh. go forever. <laughs> oh my lord, man. They'd be able, they'd be like those lizards that run across the water and they would just run across to America. Like, you'd be, you'd be fucked. Kenyans would take over the world in zombie form. But if their feet rotted though, they'd have holes in their feet and they'd sink. Yeah, Jesus had holes yeah. in his feet and he walked on water. It's a biblical <laughs> apocalypse discussion that counts. <laughs> uh, Tim. Um, I don't know. Zombie. I'm going to hell anyway, so I'd rather have a zombie. Apocalypse. You have a fighting chance. You can you, you can know. stretch out yeah. your time. Mm-hmm. I'll have I have the way I have the means to survive a zombie apocalypse. Um, I, I have a long way ticket to hell awaiting me. So, fuck it, zombies. No, I want to know. You said you have the means to survive it. Explain. Uh, I have all, I have survival gear, and. Have you seen what the trunk of his of car? I have survival yeah, gear. People and listening haven't seen the trunk of his car. So and I have no... It. The viewers. I generally carry around moldy tools, tools, axes, saws, everything you need to survive, camping gear. So you're probably better equipped than most people for this coming apocalypse. In your car. In, In your car. car. And yeah. it's a mobile. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's a mobile station. It's like... Do you have your chainsaw in the car still? No. That, that's down for right now. I gotta fix that, but... If you have a chainsaw in the car, you would have to have a bag of lollipops with it. <laughs> Someone please the lollipops. Yes, I own the game. Yeah, I just wasn't gonna laugh. We got it. We just weren't <laughs> You get a dejected sigh from me. <laughs> he has a cricket sound effect now, apparently too. Oh. So awesome. <laughs> you'll get the sound effect. <laughs> I will threaten threaten people with sound effects. If you're gonna do that, you have to put in the zombie moaning over top of it. <laughs> it's like crickets and a. You said zombie moaning, and I was... Not <laughs> sex. That, and I'm, will, I'm willing to abandon people. Uh, that oh, usually means yeah. you're willing, you, you can survive. Exactly. Get away from the it's people. It's true. And I'm, will, I'm perfectly willing to kill a friend if they're bitten. Oh, yeah. Well, it's Mercy every, killing. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Well, that's what everybody always says about it. It's not the zombies that will kill you in the zombie apocalypse. It's people's stupidity that's in your party that will kill you. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. pretty much the norm. Makes sense. All right. So, Siobhan, you're up next. Um, I would have to go with a zombie apocalypse just because a zombie apocalypse is an apocalypse of humanity rather and a biblical apocalypse is apocalypse of the world. The world is dying. While mm-hmm. it's a zombie apocalypse, humanity's dying. And if you have a chance, you can just live off the land, go middle fucking nowhere and survive. It's true. Whereas biblical apocalypse, you're fucked no matter what. So you might as well just like pull out a lawn chair, lawn chair Grab a beer and just watch the world burn. There might be hordes of bugs. Yeah. You're gonna die anyway, plagues. though. There's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. I don't want plagues. Mozambique is a, pl- as a plague. Yeah, it is, but it's not hordes of bugs. Now, what? wait, the because the biblical apocalypse, I know there's a lot of biblical apocalypse of uh, fire and brimstone and angels and all this stuff. But I've also so the heard ten plagues of Egypt. Too. Yeah, but I've also heard the theory that the zombie or the not the zombie apocalypse, the biblical apo- apocalypse. I can't talk. <laughs> the biblical apocalypse. The what are you doing on a podcast? He's I got don't a know. cock in his mouth. It happens sometimes. <laughs> the uh, biblical apocalypse was also mentioned that it could be where they take all the good people up and leave the bad people here as a prison. To suffer and destroy themselves. So it'd be like so, Mad Max all over. Kind again. of. That would be So if you got pulled up to there, then you could create your own empire and 
be the king of everything. Ooh. Okay, so I guess... It de- that would be the, cool. It depends on the biblical. It depends on what kind of biblical apocalypse we're going to be having. Yep. Because if that, it was that, then I'm like, oh, okay. And that's why my answer is biblical apocalypse. Because oh, okay. mine for the Bible is I am a member of the Church of the Subgenius, which is uh, Bob Dobbs' religion. Bob Dobbs. And if you ever get a chance, uh, I would suggest looking up the rant of the Subgenius on, uh, on Google. And uh, they worship slacking off. So, so my biblical apocalypse is a whole bunch of people sitting on the couch doing nothing. So, which is like a dream come true vacation. And wow, that's uh, that sounds like the uh, religion for me because I am a professional slacker. <laughs> yeah, honestly, pretty much based on the amount of money you put into their church, uh, you put like ten or fifteen bucks in to become a member, and you be like, okay, you're a priest of the subgenius. You put in twenty five, you're like, I'm a bishop. Put in fifty or hundred, I'm like, I'm one of the popes. You know, it's. Oh my God. It's more than one. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's it's quite ingenious. Uh, yeah, the the, the book of the subgenius and uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so the book of subgenius, and then I think uh, Planet X is one of the other of their gospels. Mm-hmm. And I think they have a third third gospel out now oh, too. No, I haven't seen the third. I want but, to make uh, up my own religion. So yeah, It'd be so much fun. So yeah, biblical apocalypse for me. Uh, zombies. Yeah, I'm getting tired of zombies. I am too. Oh my god. I'll put it this way. The last time I had a nightmare about zombies, it was a half serious, half <laughs> sitcom <laughs> crisis of zombies. <laughs> sitcom? Oh my god. Zombie sitcoms are coming next. That's so true. It's Cheers zombie style. It's gonna be But like, Kenny's like, Cheers zombie style. That would be amazing. <laughs> I'd want to see a Frasier zombie style. Oh my god. Like you come in and people are like, Norm! And everyone's like, Everybody moans your name. Oh, that's, that's, I think that's a tagline to a, a porn as well. Oh. <laughs> the Cheers porn? That'd be a great Cheers porn. <laughs> I'd be the star of the Cheers porn. Oh, I had to actually, there was um, some porn, I forget what language it was, I should remember this. It was like, I don't know, some Middle Eastern language or Chinese or something like that. <laughs> yes, but I said Middle Eastern and Chinese get confused. Whatever. But they have uh, some other language and their word for yes was Ken. Which is my name. So if I ever watch porn in that country, it's just girls screaming my name over and over and over. It's fantastic. Nice. But yeah, no, uh, that's like what, like I said, zombies just aren't scary anymore. I mean, it's like even that like dream sequence where it was supposed to be like that like terrifying nightmare. It was like they're chasing you, and then like. You had the sitcomy things that happened. It was like it was like being on a bad movie set, and like one of the false walls would fall down. And it's like somebody with a boom mic, like, "Oh, sorry, yeah." Are they Canadian? <laughs> Pretty much. It was just bad. <laughs> I like the way that when the zombies apparently one step up from not knowing how to speak is speaking Canadian. <laughs> no, sorry, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Smodcast recently, and then like recent, the recent episodes, they've been discussing a lot of things in Canada. Sorry. So I've been hearing Scott Moser oh, and Kevin Smith going sorry. back and forth in bad Canadian accents for like the last two days oh, straight. That's amazing. Yeah, so, t- tell me all about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, so first thing we wanted to discuss tonight was um, the ideas of all of us here are pretty, pretty heavy readers at this point, I would say, definitely. So, I think sci-fi fantasy is becoming one of our bigger mainstays of what we enjoy reading. Has so, become. Well, has become. <laughs> well, I'm actually, I'm actually kind of getting into reading more so. I was usually one of those people like, book, they made a movie of that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit there and watch it, like, you know, go through a book. 
But now I'm actually really enjoying that a lot more. So for me, like, this is still, like, I'm really expanding as far as a reader personally. But I know you guys have all been... And now with the Kindle, you don't have to have the, the room of books. Yes, I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> I just see Kat flicking her... What are you She's doing with your hair? literally pulling hair out of her scalp and throwing it at me. And I, I'm trying to figure out why... Because she's making faces. Can play this game. I'm always shedding. <laughs> I'm shedding too. Yeah. What, what, no, I was why? shedding, and Kenny started making hair? faces at me. Okay. So, <laughs> sci-fi fantasy. You know, as far as um, all those book types, there's a lot of different variations of sci-fi and fantasy. Um, now, what is everybody's favorite type specifically to read? Like, obviously, like there's high fantasy. There's urban fantasy. You know, there's the traditional like hardcore sci-fi, which is like. Your Star Wars, Star Trek, um, and then there's like dystopian, which is things like more like Hunger Games and all. Uh, so, where does everybody stand on as, as far as your favorite subgenres? There's a lot of different subgenres of it, but now I find myself thinking about different books since you brought it up. Thinking about different books and going, what would I categorize them in? And of course, it's my mind, so it trails off. And now I'm going, what would you categorize Doctor Seuss? Because that's really pretty much sci-fi if you've read any of his stuff. But what would he be? Young, 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 young adult sci-fi? <laughs> young, young adult sci-fi. Um, he would be surrealist type stuff. Experimental. Experimental sci-fi. Experimental sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Go Dr. Seuss. <laughs> anyway, that's that was my first thought that came into my head, but as far as my answer, and I keep thinking over and over, is there anything that can top this and everyone is going to know exactly what I'm going to say? I, you just can't beat Dresden. So, so urban fantasy. Urban fantasy. Like he, <laughs> there, it's, part of it is the way it's written and the characters and everything is done so incredibly well in that entire series. But just in general, I love the idea of today's modern society and that all of this magic and all of this like interesting creatures they're all living all around us and we just don't know it's today's society with the magic everything intermingled urban fantasy is well for you is the reason because that because you also have the ability to like throw in pop culture that does that help make that world more interesting for you like in comparison to like reading something that's like these elves speak in this tongue, and, you know, here's all of their vernacular for how they live. And then the dwarves are over here, and they have their own culture. Is it easier to just kind of, is it, do you like it specifically because we're like, oh, you know, they're shooting shit and then talking about a comic book? I like it. I like it because it's it's relatable, and okay. it partly is relatable because of that. I love the creativity of the traditional fantasy of the dwarves having their own hierarchy and the elves having their own magic and like tongue and everything. But at the same time, there's just something very relatable about urban fantasy where, yeah, this is, this is what's happening. This is what's going on in my world right now. Where if I read traditional fantasy, it's fun, but it's something that I'm watching in another realm. Whereas urban fantasy is something that's happening in the city next to mine. Yeah, I was actually having that conversation recently where with urban fantasy, one of the awesome things about it is that, I mean, it's places on a map. You know what I mean? It's like in, you know, reading about Chicago and Dresden makes me want to go see Chicago. That's awesome. And it's really cool to be able to actually travel to, you know, some of the places where the books that you love take place or see different, you know, 
aspects or kind of a surrealist aspect of what they love about their cities, you know? It's that connection point, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can travel to those cities, and if I see... Now, I haven't been to Chicago in ages uh, since before I started reading the Dresden Files, but if I went there now, I would find myself searching around and trying to find landmarks from the story... And then searching for circles on the ground or like, <laughs> like oh, did, did something happen here? Uh-huh. Is, do I see nails? Were there fey in here? Like what? Well, and actually from a writing perspective too, a lot of writers will use real things in their stuff. Um, like they'll research different landmarks. If, like if they grew up in the place or lived in the place or know the place, they'll use real things when they're writing contemporary because they're grounding details, and also because people will look that shit up and be like, oh, this doesn't exist. I don't think it would count as sci-fi, but I will say, when you brought that up, Dan Brown is superb on that. The guy that did Angels and Demons, he's most well-known for the Da Vinci Code. Uh, most of the things in his work are... These are thrillers, right? Yeah, they're yeah. thrillers. Yeah, yeah they they're are. thrillers. But he, most of the things in his work are based off real things that have happened in history. If you go and you look at the paintings, you will see what he's pointing out in the paintings and all these little hidden codes that are in the paintings. Everything's based off of real work. He just takes it and puts it into his own story. Yeah, then it's considered, I think, historical thriller. Yeah. So, but, uh, I, I enjoyed the, uh, the, ur- the urban fantasy. I loved Dresden. I got into Simon R. Green's, uh, The Night Tales from the Nightside, which is yeah. set in London. Cool. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of good things about it's, that. It's really it's it's more young adultish. It, it's still it's very adult themed, but it's more it reads more like a young adult kind of faster paced. That's cool. Kind of um, like that. A lot, lot <laughs> happens in every book. Uh, and spoiler alert: if you haven't been reading, too bad for you. Read them. <laughs> um, the main character just uh, last book I read. The main character just got shipped in the mail. Excalibur. No way. Oh, that's awesome. That's very cool. So, there's that. That's very awesome. Uh, it, it's a lot... I was quite unsure when I first started reading him because a lot of words were misspelled. A lot of U's were added. Ooh. For, like, color and favor. Um, was oh. it English? Yeah, he's, he's okay. English. that's why. Simon mm-hmm. yeah. Green's English. Then it's, uh... I was, I was so confused when I... I was so confused. I was like, "Oh wait, he's 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 British." <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually reading. It's not a new new book, but I just picked up at Barnes Noble, and I did this because it had really good cover art. Yeah, and I know that's a terrible reason no, to pick up a book. Reason. Okay, you do that too. I okay. do too. Because the cover book by its cover, you always hear that. Yeah, phrase. yeah, it's true. <laughs> but the cover art was gorgeous, and yeah. by Glenn Cook, it's called The Black Company. Okay, it's amazing because it's a different perspective on fantasy. It's military fantasy. Okay, cool. So it's all about okay. the Black Company, a militaristic group of, like, uh, scoundrels or swords for hire, so to speak, who go out and they're actually fighting this uh, mythical, magical beast. And so it's, it's almost really cool. a little kind of, like, borderlines, like, urban and, um, like, dystopian where does almost, it take, Where does it take it place? It takes place in a fantasy world. So, so it wouldn't be okay. not urban. Or, so yeah. it just stands on its own. It's just, it's it's like a standalone genre in itself. It, military it's, fantasy, it's yeah. military fantasy. That's it's awesome. actually really cool. It's if you're not into historical fantasy f- 
from the get-go, you're probably not going to like it because there's a lot of backstory, like, in the historical, political, legal context. Mm -hmm. But I like that. I love stories like that. If I can read a story that has, like, a really good government system, a good history, like, uh, a mythology, a religion, Mm -hmm. and politics, I'm, I love it. It's like being submerged into a whole new world. There's another really good, I guess you'd call it, it's a blend of military fantasy and high fantasy. It's the Deeds of Paxenarian mm-hmm. by Elizabeth Moon. Mm-hmm. Fa- one of the best <laughs> fantasy, uh, fantasy series out there. I really need to get my hands on that because I've heard nothing but good reviews. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's probably the best sexism neutral book I've ever read. Interesting. Because there's no, it's like, you want to join the mercenary company? You're, you're what gender? That, that, that doesn't matter. That's cool. Oh. I like that. Yeah. That's cool for, yeah. um, especially for high fantasy, because a lot of times they fall upon, like, medieval mm-hmm. style, medieval tropes. you yeah. know, tropes yeah. and stuff like that. So it's cool to see them doing something different with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think for me still, like, I, I have a really hard time kind of choosing, because I think I have a series that's in each that I really enjoy, and it's hard for me to, like, top one over the other. But, I mean, when I break it down, like, Dresden's the longest-running series I've, I've, I've followed, so I really do enjoy urban fantasy, but I found that there's very few other urban fantasy series that hook me as equally. It feels like that has kind of been, like, the tentpole for that genre, and nothing else has seemed to be able to measure up you in read full. Simon R. Green? Okay. The, the Night Side? Okay. Tales from the Night Side? Daniels. I enjoy... I, I, I think <laughs> I go, I'm only, like, book one and part of two in. So it's good. It, it's good, but it's just be forewarned. It's very young adult, like romance, yeah, urban fantasy. Sorry, I don't like. Now I got I got to bring it to Rob because he's the one that turned me on to. I believe his name's Scott Lynch that does um the Lies of Locke Lamora, and yeah, so good. he has a whole series of those as well, right? Which are good. So. But that's that's kind of borderlines almost on high fantasy at the most. I mean, that's kind of tricky on the where that one falls. It's 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 a blend of high and and urban fantasy. Yeah. Because it, they're all but urban it, settings. Yeah. It but is, it's, but it's yeah. more but in a it's historical not in this world, yeah. Right. But it almost has that feeling of like in flavor like of a historical piece because it seems like very much old Italy. Mm-hmm. I think is the best connection Yeah, like, like Italy. Italy. It's a lot like, of European, a lot of European, European. Yeah. yeah, European influence. But I mean, that's great. But I mean, right now though, too, that's only three bucks in, and the first two were great, and the third one was not bad, but it didn't hold up to the first two. Like the first book was his best. The second one was almost as good. The third one was almost as good as the second one. Whereas with Dresden, the first book was good. The second book was better. The third book was better. The fourth book was better. The fifth book was better. And I every disagree. single book, I completely disagree. every single book got better for me in Dresden. And tell those stories. I yeah. liked. I liked ghost stories, and I will tell you why. You, you had to, to say ghost stories when I first read it was. Oh, this is the first book in the series, and that was like book 13 or something. It was the first book in the series for me that didn't feel like it lived up to the rest until the next book hit. And it explained why everything was going on in Ghost Stories. And then you went, holy shit, Ghost Stories was awesome. I completely disagree, because for me, Dresden was like up and down and up and down and up and down. Like, there were some that I absolutely loved, but there were others that I thought were kind of boring along the way. I didn't think it increased for me. I thought Blasphemy. Ghost Stories was totally the low. 
But the last two books, I have to say, have been tops for me. I think, I think they've been fantastic. I think there was a little bit of a drop-off after Deadbeat when Dresden wrote an undead Tyrannosaurus Rex down <laughs> Dude, that was a Chicago. That yeah. was epic. Yeah. Loved it. Well, it's like things like Death Masks, Blood Rites. Like, when you think about a lot of this, there was good. not as much that happened. Like... I, was, I love them for what they were. There was an interest, for me, there was an interesting storyline that it put a good part into the overarching storyline and intrigued it, you a little more. Yeah. It definitely set up the rest of, like, more of the, more of the expanded world. Yes. Like, every book is expanded upon characters yeah. or settings or something to add to something, but like, even though the overall stories, not all of them are the strongest out of the stone. Like, I some still, certain stories are better than others. Yeah, even expanding, like, even if it does include more information, it's still the caliber of the book itself, the caliber of the story. If you're judging it not as a series, but as each individual book, like, the caliber fluctuated, in my opinion. It, for me, it was, it was up, 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 up. Well, that's why the biggest thing is if I tell you out of those 15 books, if I give you a name of one of those books, can you tell me what the plot was back I mean, that's oh, the tricky the name, probably not. Then the book exactly. is, that's the thing, though, that's, like, if I, somebody says small favors to me, and I'm like, or not small favors, proven guilty, and I'm like, that was the Molly book, that was the SplatterCon book, like, I remember that very clearly, that means that book was really good, I remember a lot of that. Yeah. I don't remember any plot from any book, they all melded together into one, one huge book, story and I couldn't I'm, tell you what happened when, but I remember, I remember every book I finished going... Fuck, that was even better. I want to read the next one. Yeah. Every single time. The the thing with the ghost stories was, yeah, it, the problem with ghost stories was that it took, um, fuck was, came after that. The next book. The next book. But it took that next book to explain the previous book. And when you're waiting yep. over a year in between books, it gets, it's kind of annoying. I'm okay mm-hmm. with it though. I'm not. Well, I mean, like I said, Dresden's just, one of many that are out there. Like, you know, Siobhan, like, I know you haven't really checked out much of Dresden yet. Like, uh, what's, where do you go to for a lot of your sci-fi, like, fantasy stuff? Like, where do you kind of sit in a lot of this? Uh, usually for science fiction, I'm definitely more old school, just because I like classic hard science fiction, like Arthur C. Clarke, Isaac Asimov, uh, Philip K. Dick. I have an author that you should read if you haven't. Okay, who? E.E. E. Doc Smith. Okay. He's an old physicist from the 50s who wrote science fiction. I like that already, actually. <laughs> yep. He's a, he was a doctorate in, in physics and he wrote, in, in astrophysics, and he wrote hard sci-fi. The, where humanity could go with all of, where, uh, with space travel and, and space combat and faster than light travel. See, like, I love science fiction like that, where they, um, especially from the old school, the old days, like the 50s and the 60s, when they're actually describing technology from the future. Cause I love doing that comparison about what they imagine to be in the future to what we have now. It's, I find it very enjoyable. It's a blast. I actually have a question. If each of us had to pick, like, which we would weigh on, like, more sci-fi side or fantasy, that's a good question. Yeah. Ready? Sci-fi. 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 Fantasy. Fantasy. Oh, <laughs> you're outnumbered. No. Um, that's. What, I mean, for me, that's. It, it's a really tricky call. But like, when I think about even like consuming media that's even outside of just books, if somebody says, "Here's this really amazing sci-fi world and universe." Mm-hmm. Where possibilities are limitless, but a lot of fantasy. Like, it feels like a lot of, like, I enjoy high fantasy a lot. 
But it feels like high fantasy is always becoming too much of retreads on the same style. I know there's changes. Don't get me wrong. I know there's plenty of... But, like, <laughs> I know, like, Brandon Sanderson did magic in a really unique and interesting way. Every book. Every, every single... single every book that he does. And I know... But, I mean, for me, though, like, I love the idea of the, your wildest creation in Explained by Science... Where you can take a little bit of our knowledge and expand upon it, that's just really interesting to me. I like the uh, fantasy worlds better. And I mean, it could just be that the technological aspect of the sci-fi doesn't appeal to me as much, but I love the whole development of different magic systems like Sanderson uses. I love, you know, the way people take it. I just finished reading a book called Scorpio Races that was all about... um horse racing, but in a fantasy setting and took it to a whole different direction with, like, water horses that ate blood and st- or ate people and stuff like that. Well, I'm, I'm not saying that, that fantasy series don't have their merits with coming up with new mag- magic systems. It's the societal structures that are almost always the same. Mm-hmm. And that's what's that bugs me, is that there's no... You don't have... You don't really have the whole... Away from, like, the whole royalty setup, which is pretty much all high mm-hmm. fantasy. That's true. Well, in my opinion, I mean, you're probably going to shoot me for this, but some people like Cat over there. <laughs> but, okay, I love fantasy, but the problem with fantasy is, like, they always seem to have a harder time trying to br- break out of the stereotypes and the cliches, whereas with science fiction, it just feels like they can keep redefining themselves and reinventing the it's genre. a little bit more up to your imagination, because exactly. you're like, okay, this is my planet. Okay, well... What kind of atmosphere is there? What's this? What's this? I mean, like, yeah, but I mean, a lot of times with, like, old school, like, more epic fantasy, like, in high fantasy, it's just kind of like, how do I want to do elves? Yeah, it feels like that comes up a lot. Yes, it does. You're doing, you're, you're talking about traditional medieval high fantasy, whereas when you said this other planet, what kind of atmosphere, blah, 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 and I'm going, that's fantasy. That's another world. That's not sci-fi. This is other alien races, and that's true. That, that counts as fantasy See, to me. There, There is, no, it, it can count as fantasy if it's set on, if there's no the sci-fi, science fiction. Behind it, yeah. If there's no science right. behind it. If you're just creating a world and it's operating on its own set of rules... Whatever. Well, once you bring in the, the like the science and the technology and like trying to explain it in uh, with with uh, our understanding of of the universe, that's where the science sci- uh, sci-fi kicks in, I believe. Yeah, I mean, like I know it's a lot of this too is just stereotyping a lot of stuff too because I mean, honestly, like there's a good reason why science sci-fi and fantasy are always in the same section in a bookstore because <laughs> so much of it cross breeds. And it's really hard to say what is the best microcosm because there's so many that change all of that. Like, if you think of, like, like I know of everything I said, um, Butcher kind of broke a lot of that with his high fantasy series with, um, um, Codex Alera. Codex Alera. Like, it was, yeah. you know, like his idea for that world was he got challenged to use Pokemon and the Roman, Roman legionaries and crossbreed <laughs> them into a fantasy world and he did it amazingly. And it was very much unlike everything. And I know there's a lot outside of it, but it just always feels like the random things I get into, it's kind of that very Tolkien-esque world. So I don't have a lot to go on. But, I mean, it's I know there's a lot of great stuff out there. It's just finding great stuff for me. I'll agree with that. But it's still, it's still, I think it's... We would have to spend an hour debating 
the definitions of sci-fi versus fantasy in order to do that. <laughs> because the same way you would look at it and go, well, fantasy is simple. It's that it's dragons and medieval is the same way I would look at you and go, well, sci-fi is nothing except Star Trek. That's all it is. <laughs> we could go back and forth. And then there's that whole gray area in the middle that we'd each be going, no, that's sci-fi. No, that's fantasy. I'm doing a shameful plug right here, but I just want to bring it up just because it feels For like it shame. pertains to the conversation, <laughs> is the science fiction story I'm writing right now. I'm trying to blur the lines between what is fantasy or, or aka religion and science. Like, the alien race that comes down to Earth in my story, some people perceive them as aliens and other people perceive them as angels, which is true. Mm-hmm. Are they both true? Is one person wrong? Is the other person what, right? Or is everybody right? What's the old saying? Any technology that is advanced enough will seem like magic? Yep. Well, that's neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, magic is technology we don't understand yet. Terry Brooks did that um, with, uh, he combined tech was the old world, actually, and then magic was the new world. Mm-hmm. So he did a really cool job at uh, integrating. And that yeah. is fantasy. Yeah. The, uh, um, Stephen King did that with the, the Dark Tower series, where he actually took today's modern world and kind of half a step off in a different dimension created the old west world where they had all these magical implementations and they kind of bled over and characters crossed between the two so the entire series was this this blending between today and a magical world another good example of blending the two two uh, genres together is the webcomic girl genius Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, like a fantasy steampunk. You would oh, love fun. it. Yeah, you would love it. it it's, it's, I haven't read it yet. <laughs> it's like a Renaissance steampunk. Oh, awesome! Or, or like Victorian era steampunk, sort mm-hmm. of like that. And it's like it blends the fantasy and and the steampunk technology. That's awesome. That's cool. Well, actually, that's fun that we talked about blending because one of the things we also thought would be kind of interesting to discuss tonight is like I think everybody here has seen Game of Thrones. Yay! Yay. Except for Kim. I saw two episodes, oh. and this is where everyone yells at me. I watched two episodes. It didn't hook me. It was sort of boring. I just didn't feel like watching anymore. Blasphemy. There wasn't enough murder tits for you? It was boring. Yes. <laughs> Who cares? Is that? Okay, well, we'll try to not drag on too long for, <laughs> for this, specifically. I'll just make stuff up. So, everybody here knows what a space opera is, correct? Like, that would be like something like Star Wars would be considered a space opera. Mm-hmm. Um like BSG, all that. Oh, Anything that has a fat lady singing. Mass Effect, wouldn't that be a space Mass, opera? Mass Effect. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy would be considered a space opera. Um, so, what if you took Game of Thrones and converted that into a space opera? It'd be fucking epic. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. I would, if someone rewrote Game of Thrones as a space opera, I would go, I would like have an orgasm right there. I would what orgasm. would Jon Snow do, though? Where would he be? He'd be Frontier. Yeah, he'd be like the yeah. space frontier. Okay, because yeah. like in Game of Thrones, you're battling for land, but in space opera, imagine it's planets. You know, he. No. Go ahead. Go, no, go, go ahead. Um, he'd be like uh, if anybody's read read the Star Wars expanded universe, Jon Snow would be uh, Jagan Fell. Don't know that. So explain. <laughs> no, we're all explain. A. Okay. Um. So in in the Star Wars universe, there's this place uh, in the EU which no longer exists. There's this place called the mm-hmm. Unknown Region where bad shit happens and people don't know what's going on out there except for one very specific race called Ch- the Chiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chiss, the race is uh, Ad- Grand Admiral Thrawn's race. Okay. 
The blue people. The blue people. Blue people, red eyes, um, what's his face? Uh, Cad, Cad Bane is Chiss. Have you seen the, uh, the new Clone Wars TV series? Yeah. 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 Cad Bane is Chiss. <laughs> And they're, they're basically the guardians, uh, keeping whatever, whatever crazy shit that's in the unknown regions, in the unknown regions. Mm-hmm. So. That, that's where John show Snow would be, be like a little outpost in space. Okay, that makes sense. Well, as long as we were talking about who would play what, and I have a very severe, limited knowledge of this, <laughs> I am going to jump in with my two cents right now before <laughs> anyone else takes it. And I'm aware there is a there is a small little midget dude in Game of Thrones. Oh is there not? Tyrion. Tyrion yes. That dude. I you said we talked about Star Wars being a space opera, and we're saying who would be what in a space opera? He would be an Ewok. That's I, my only two cents right there. I knew you were going to go there. Oh Actually, I do have a good point. Anybody that's died was probably a stormtrooper or Luke's parents. Does but, anyone come back? Could there be like an Obi-Wan ghost? <laughs> I would say Tyrion would probably be more of a Han Solo type because he's always challenging authority. That's very true. He's more of the rogue. He'd be like the renegade of their royal empire. Right? Imperialistic yeah. family. You know, he's not obeying their you know goals to keep the family alive. And he's like, I'm just going to do my own shit. I've got my own ship. The, See you later. The biggest problem with half of this is a space opera is every... Okay, fine. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I just realized... um. What the fuck's his um, friend's name? Bron? Bron. Bron waves to go first no, and then I'm goes, saying. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> Bron is Chewy. Yes. That's exactly where I was going. <laughs> the biggest problem with Game of Thrones turning into a space opera, every once in a while it would be like the most like off like kind of space opera. It would be very bipolar. Like, everybody's an asshole today. And they're all evil people. And then every once in a while, I'm like, no, we're all good. We're, we're, we're all, we all have qualities that make us all wonderful, wonderful bipolar. people. Bipolar. Yeah, it'd be the most bipolar space opera where, like, half the time they're fighting each other, the other time they're all sitting down and having, like, dinner together. Oh, God. <laughs> or it's like they're all renegade on Mass Effect. Yeah, pretty much. Everyone's a scoundrel. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's just fun to think what the, uh, the Battle of Blackwater would look like in space. It'd be, like, epic space battle. Or when Daenerys gets her ships, it's just a fleet of like death cruisers. What would the dragons be if it were sci-fi like Rancor? space opera? Like, oh my god, that'd be amazing! <laughs> just flying yeah. Rancor, floating flying through Rancor. space. They're an alien species. Oh my you know? lord! If uh, Daenerys was in the Star Wars universe, she'd be Dathomiri. More EU for all you EU <laughs> fans out there. <laughs> The witches of What's death mirror. Uh, they're like the Sith witches, basically. That'd aren't be they? amazing. Yeah. She would be perfect as that. Awesome. Which sounds like we're going to actually see. Oddly, part of this actually happened in Episode Seven. Uh, the little girl that plays Brienne of Tar from Game of Thrones is one of the villains in Episode Seven. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Crossover already! <laughs> Yay! And I have to point this out now, but the the new look at the X Wing. Looks like a Z95 headhunter. <laughs> it's, it's, it's irking me. It's irking me. It's irking you. True. Since, since we're on the whole. Um, more to you. But the, <laughs> but the X, X, technically the X-Wing, from the concept art, the X-Wing didn't look like the X-Wing. It looks like the new shot of the, the new X-Wing. 
where it's the this like the single engine and the the, the wings split and it splits the engine and, and there's the four laser cannons, but with the wings all folded up, it looks like a Z ninety five headhunter, which became which is what the, that concept became yeah, in the EU. It's basically what it is, is the design is based off of the original drawings of the X Wing. It was oh, the old cool. Ralph McQuarrie. That's what Ralph Abrams is using okay, cool. as his way to evolve it because that end of the spectrum of Star Wars looked a lot more crisp and clean and more advanced than what Lucas actually did. So well, they're using McQuarrie's art for... I'm trying to Google it. Balls. I don't know if I got the right one or not. In that case, I want to take it backwards, and I'm, I'm looking at Lynch going, let's take it in reverse. If you took the X-Wing and put it into the Game of Thrones universe, what would it be? The four-wheeled cart or the two-wheeled <laughs> wheel? I'd actually say probably like something like, let's say like a Star Destroyer would probably be like a dragon, actually. Would you agree? Um, power level-wise, yeah, it'd be... Like the Executioner, like class, the, like no, the big super fuckers. Super Star, Star Destroyer would be a, um, would just be a god. It'd just be a god. One, one of the seven gods or the, this, the Sun Lord, or, which is just Jesus, but so so can, like if we're gonna blend, are we talking about the Death Star now? No, no. Well, what would the Death that's, Star be? Then? That'd be like maybe like Castle Black or like no, because or, the, the, oh, if no, we're talking with, uh, um, Harrenhal, maybe because that's the biggest castle in Game of Thrones. Mm. Like the Uber that's Fortress, that's, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uber Fortress. Uber Fortress. So the Three Eyed Crow can that be like a Three Eyed Jawa? They have to track down the three-eyed Jawa. That'd be so cute. Wait, no. The three-eyed crow would be a Yoda kind of character. Yeah, Yeah. it would. Tiny Yoda Yoda with three eyes. That'd actually be creepy. That would be super creepy. Yoda's already creepy. Yeah, Yeah. already creepy. (laughs) Imagine him with three eyes. Especially with all his uh, age flip-flopping. I know. (laughs) Yeah. He goes through some weird transitions. Bad plastic surgery in Hollywood going awry. <laughs> the only thing going through my mind now is like, mmm, rain all the time it can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, as far as more characters go, um, Tywin would probably be a, he looks like a Grand Moff. Kind of does. He, he'd be like Grand Moff Tarkin on, on the... On the bridge. Oh yeah, definitely. I can see that. We're like sticking in the only Star Wars though. Like, there's so much more out there for like space opera. Or the elusive man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can totally see that. Okay, just going and segue here. Like, I keep thinking about Sander Clegane in power armor, like in Halo, like Halo universe. He'd be a he'd be a blood angel. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Like um, Warhammer. Oh my God! Can you imagine? Oh man, his his brother, the Mountain. Oh, that'd be death. I'd be so scared. What is that? You lost, uh, I think, three of us. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Warhammer is a tabletop strategy. Oh, I, know yeah. Warhammer, yeah, I know what Warhammer 40k is. <laughs> well, you're explaining terminology in there, like that. It's just, um, you know, the Space Marines. Yes. Right. Um, yes. technically the mountain would be more of a blood angel and yeah. Sander would be, I don't know, um, I can't remember another. What else he would be? But um, uh, space marines, you know, gigantic power armor. Yep. Badass. So, what does the blood angel armor do? Uh, it's not an Is armor. It's it's a it's actually a f- our army faction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So they're, they're kind of like the marines or like the seal the team or really? kind of like. No, because it's not even like really broken up. In Warhammer, it's not really broken up like that. It's it's just a squad. Fa- it's factions. Okay. That makes sense. 
So, does anybody have any other characters from Game of Thrones they could see switched and transitioned into something like... So many! No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Who would be Darth Vader? Uh, Who's the big bad? Who's the big bad's apprentice, well, I guess really you should no say. there's really no big bad in Game of Thrones Everyone's either. a big bad. Well, I, I mean, Star Wars' big bad would be, like, Palpatine. So, I mean, but okay. there is, like, everybody is equally pretty much an asshole somewhere at some point in time in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah would that, just... Would that one little brat be the, um... <laughs> I guess John. Yeah, Joffrey. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. actually, so he, if Joffrey like, had grown up, he'd be like the, he'd be like mid. He'd be like Attack of the Clones. Anakin. Oh so he god. would grow up to be Darth Vader. No, because no. Darth Vader was ultimately cool. Yeah. Joffrey just dies. What, uh, what's his face um, from uh, the one who screwed the the Red Lady and made the Shadow Baby? Oh, Stannis? Uh, Stannis. Stannis. I can see Stannis. I can see Stannis kind of being the Vader-y character. Like, he's got good reasons for what he's doing, but he's kind of fallen into the, the dark end of the spectrum to do, uh, achieve his goals. Yeah. Like, wiping out the kings through magic use and stuff like that, like in the The lineage. dark side of the Force. Yeah, Stannis is very much the one taking control of the dark side of the Force, kind of in... That's true. That so would the work. Red Lady would be some sort of... She'd be the Emperor, actually. Alright, now that there's two characters yeah. from Star Wars that I've been waiting, cause again, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but there's two characters that I've been waiting to hear thrown into the Game of Thrones characters. Okay. Who, and no one's done it yet. Who would be Boba Fett? And who would be Jabba the Hutt? Oh, Boba Fett, I know. Um, who's Tyrion? Oh, well, Bronn would be Boba Fett, actually. No, 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 because Boba Fett's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the hound. I'll Sorry, say I'm making mercenary connections here. Boba Fett would probably bad. be the hound. Because Arya completely okay, pretty yeah. much put him in his place. Right. Yeah. And stuff yeah. like that, for the most part. I mean, like, he's still a badass, but he's like. He's a renegade. If we're, if we're going, I'm breaking away from the EU, but if we're going straight, <laughs> straight by the movies, Boba Fett is a bitch. Um, we didn't touch Luke and Leia, so I was gonna say Leia is Arya and Luke is Jamie and is... Cersei. Yes, exactly, Jamie and Cersei. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would make sense. Twins, they're totally... they're twins. Luke and Leia were twins. They're, they're twins, and they totally hook up. Oh. <laughs> I still want to know Jabba. 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 Uh... Who's the biggest, fattest, slobbiest character on the show? Hodor. Who's that dude that carries? Oh. 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 Hodor. No, the Hodor's too good to be it's to true. be Jabba. Uh, the eunuch, uh, Viserys. No, he was no. A, he's no. awesome. He's a, yeah. Uh, he's too slick. The oh god, oh, I'm like I, I totally know who it is. I can never remember the fucking character's name. He was Filch in uh, yeah, Harry the Potter. Slimy old guy the with douche the bag that um yeah, got, what's his name? Fucking from the the twin. The twins, yeah. The, the, the yeah. The Red Wedding. The yeah, the Red Wedding. The guy that instigated the Red Wedding. Oh my basically. god, my brain he is would be Jabba. Too. He would be Jabba. Yeah. He basically was like, I've got a shit ton of fucking daughters and nobody wants to marry him because they all look like shit, so. <gasps> it's true. Um, yep, I totally agree. Yeah. Oh, I had a thought. Um, Tyrion is none of what who we thought he was going to be. R2. No. <laughs> no. R2 is one of the most important fucking characters in... He's Lando. He is Lando. No, Jorah. Jorah. <gasps> yeah, Jorah. Jorah. Jorah, Jorah, Jorah uh, Mama, uh, Mama? Mama would be Lando, I think. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Mm, wait. No, no, no. He's, no, Jorah's too, um. Too noble? Too noble. Mm. Yeah, Lando's he'd be more like the Obi- Actually, he'd be more the Obi-Wan. Who? 
Yeah, Jordan. like the, the old mentor one. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, but no. and Kenny's just like, don't look at me. He's like, please move out of this conversation. <laughs> no, like, I've got nothing. I've contributed Ewoks and Jabba the Hutt. I'm, I'm on my game for well, not know, knowing I, anything about this. Because we're pretty much looking at, like, focusing on Star Wars and Game of Thrones, and we can obviously consider them massive, massive franchises that kind of are kind of the spearheads for their genres right now, like, as far as pop culture. Mm-hmm. Um, like with episode seven coming, it's put Star Wars hardcore in the limelight since, you know, Clone Wars. I mean, it's never really left, but now it's just getting bigger and bigger again. Um, one of the things I was kind of thinking about when we were leading into this episode was thinking about nostalgia. Uh, and like Game of Thrones is not nostalgia based, but I mean, obviously for the people that like read into the books before the show started, I could see a lot of people like wanting to pull into it, but nostalgia's kind of like led where everything's going as far as entertainment has been for us, like between TV, Movies. And it's been kind of ruining it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the sheer amount of remakes. Yeah. Yeah, like, just, it's, there's been such a influx of reboots and they just talked about the Ghostbusters reboot. It's like reboots no and need. it's reboots, continuations of pre-existing like series like bring pull a sequel out from a movie that was from like the 70s or 80s. Or on top of that, it's just adaptations. Mm-hmm. Like, does anybody remember the last original design an idea for a movie that they saw in the theater that was good? It wasn't. Uh, that was good. Did that? No. <laughs> or at least, at least had, had the makings, like it had its issues, um, said, like it was enjoyable at least, but it's I not heard, based off of something. I heard good, well everything's going to be based off of something, but yeah. I heard good things about, I want to say it was like Snow Bullet or something like that about a... Snowpiercer? I think yeah, it is. Snowpiercer. That's a book. Damn it. Never books. mind then. No, I never true. read that book. What was I'm trying to think besides Well, I can go back to Inception, but I hated Is there Inception. anything I liked before Inception. is there anything since that? But I'm still saying it's like you don't like everybody doesn't have to like it, but like market wise, everybody still really enjoyed Inception. The like, prestige. Yeah. I didn't I wouldn't even The prestige was really good. That wasn't based off of anything. What do you mean everybody really liked Inception when I just said I hated Inception? No 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 I'm saying I'm saying I said the mass market. He's for the most saying part. you like, don't count because you're an Asian. <laughs> because I'm Asian. Not I'm not a real person. No 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 I said it counted I said I obviously I understand, but I was saying it more along the lines of like the mass market really enjoyed it. It was the first time you saw like people flocking to something that was original idea for a long time. Right. Well, there's a big problem with that, and it's a lot of it's Hollywood's problem. And if you look, it's because they don't want to chance anything new. They don't want to take that chance. They want to go with what's already established. Superman, we know that's going to make money. Let's do a Superman movie. Even if it sucks, it'll bring in tons and tons of money. Batman, same thing. But then you get, and we talked about Inception. Look at Inception. Inception got made because it was bartered as part of a deal. Yeah. If you direct this movie, we will let you make your Inception movie. Because he had pitched Inception many, many times, and they had said no. Mm-hmm. And it's and it came out, and it was a hit. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah. no one wanted to take the chance on something mm-hmm. new. And a lot of it's Hollywood's fault. Was Looper new, or was yeah, that basically? Looper, well, yeah. yeah, Looper was a brand new idea. Yeah. Looper, Looper was Looper really was good. good. I mean, Chronicle, everybody's talked really big on Chronicle. That was, yeah, the footage movie with the, the superheroes, like the unique superheroes. Yeah. Oh, and, um... I mean, this is a little bit old at this point, but Trick or Treat yeah. is a phenomenal movie, great. and that was... A great little, like, it was almost that indie creep showy mm-hmm. kind yeah. of style, like, you know... Um, another movie, it just goes back to, like, the the 
superhero genre in a sense, but Push. Does, did anyone see the movie Push? Mm-mm. No. It was actually really cool. It was a very original kind of like weird superhero sort of power was kind of the, movie. Was very Push cool. the one with Hayden Christensen? Yeah. <laughs> so it's not the bad one. No, no. I think you're thinking Jumper. Okay. Yeah. There, there we go. Um, Push was good. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's amazing. But like, even going yeah. back, is there like there anything that you can think of like growing up, like that was like this like own original like like a movie that you saw or like a property that was just awesome then that has been like well, growing, really growing back to what when we were kids? yeah like when we were kids like that was... weren't Transformers new when we were kids. Yeah. But and I'm saying it's was Ninja well, I wasn't Turtles finished the statement. G.I. Joe. There was a ton when well, we Well, G.I. Joe actually wasn't. That was, yeah, that was Jack goes back but... way back from before us. But I was saying, what I was going to say Duck is... Tales. What is your specific from growing <laughs> up that has been attacked by this nostalgia that has been ruined oh, okay. or changed oh. or altered? It's been Well, then I, I go back came. to my original statement. Transformers, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe... <laughs> Shit, I'm trying to think. <laughs> Ender's Game. Ender's Game got destroyed by Hollywood. It did. It, it was, was it was bad. It was it was just bad. It was rushed. Uh the characters didn't the actors kind of fit the characters, but they changed the story. Apparently now Ender and Petra have some sort of relationship going, but it was never supposed to be them. It was about Bean and Bean and Petra. And then they changed everything, and they gave away the the end of the movie in the middle of the movie. I know. Oh, really? Yeah, I heard about that, and it made me not want to see it. But I will say, and that was because it was based off a book, but a lot of times people complain and go, well, there's so many things in the book that they left out, and the book was so much better. And it's because it's two separate genres. You can't do a movie the exact same as a book, or it's not going to be a good movie. I can see where you're going with that, um, but I think the biggest thing is, I'm for me personally, I get when I go into it, I'm willing to make accommodations for changes as long as it still fits the same theme, like Coraline. as long as it still fits the characters. Like Coraline was the best example because Neil Gaiman actually was involved in that, and he added a character in because it was a little girl talking in her head the whole time. That doesn't translate to screen. So, like, why do worked really well on that? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, on the opposite spectrum. Orson Scott Card was also involved with Ender's Game, with the Ender's Game movie, and it turned, like, just, even with the the whole, okay, books and movies are, are separate, and you can put a whole lot more into a book than you can a movie, and they did make accommodations for that, they cut out the entire locked, uh, unprofessional, <laughs> unprofessional, the locked, uh, Demosthenes storyline, where they're, they're trying to change Earth. Mm-hmm. But... But then you change very basic integral parts to the story yeah. of Ender's Game, which is really, really what got me. As a movie, by itself, as a movie, it was just a bad movie. Mm-hmm. That's totally fair. As, as you were talking, we were talking about movies and books and how they didn't correlate together. And Rob's original question of what did they do that <laughs> just destroyed something from before now this was from before my childhood but still i am legend the movie it wasn't even close now i get the semi unprofessional but it's on mute different numbers too that's the problem weird <laughs> so I i'm just your phone. that cool i'm gonna turn the entire phone off that's a good idea. <laughs> we'll edit all this out. <laughs> no, we I'll probably just edit out. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> no, the um, 
I Am Legend. Now, the original story was fantastic, but that's a prime example of how you cannot turn a book into a movie. Because if you did a movie based on I Am Legend, it would be horrible. The vast majority of the book was just about him being alone and sitting alone on a porch and stuff. But the movie I Am Legend had nothing to do with the book. Nothing. It had a different setting, different main character, different plot, different ending. And the ending was the key point, and they changed it. It was. It had absolutely nothing to do. It should not have been called I Am Legend. I was going to bring up something, and I wanted to kick it to Siobhan, because she actually just um, watched something today. Oh, yeah. That was, actually correlates well with this. I was hoping we go here um, from this. Yeah. But um, I actually had a weird question associated with this. Would you say Clue, the movie, mm-hmm. was an adaptation still, or not, really? It was an adaptation, and do not dare say that ruined No. no. <laughs> that was one of the best no, movies ever. Movie. But I was wondering, because, like, board games are board games specifically. Like, the players create the game. They create their own story. So, I, want, I, I think Clue was almost creative in its own thing as a movie, because I've never seen... A board game movie before, and it did things I've never seen in a what movie. What about Battleship? Before, before <laughs> that. I said before that. <laughs> Battleship does not exist, and I, I'm willing to say it exists. On the opposite side of the spectrum, uh, you have Clue being a fantastic rendition of Clue. Then you have the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Oh, that was so bad. Which yeah. one? Oh. Uh, the, I think you're probably thinking of the Jeremy Irons. Oh. Yelp oh, one. Yeah. What about the Tom Hanks one? What? There was a Tom Hanks one? Yeah, that's, that was one of the things that they put out whenever they were saying about how Dungeons and Dragons is the devil's game and the people that play it murder people. They put out a movie where Tom Hanks was playing D&D and it infected his head and he couldn't tell the difference and he was running around the streets and stabbing people because he thought that they looked like Tom, orcs wait, and wait, stuff. Wait. I'm sorry, Tom Hanks stabbing people? I can't see that. Wait, it was, what, it was like movie? way out, I can't remember what it was called, it was like way back in the in the early 80s. It was like one of his first things. I, the only thing I can think of that could be early on back then is like Man with One Red Shoe, maybe? I don't remember what it was, I, but it was. It's it horrible. It's okay, horrible. I gotta find out what that is. Okay, real, go real quick. Then. Real, real, real quick, um, I, I hate everyone who says Battleship is a, is a bad movie. <laughs> because it's a it, bad is a bad, it is a bad movie, but you're not taking on the merits of it's just a battleship fighting aliens. Mm and that's all the movie's supposed to be. They try to shove a storyline in there because, well, they have to try and shove a storyline. I will give in them there. credit that the giant missiles look like the giant white pegs. They actually drilled into the ships, and I'm yeah. like, that's kind of funny. I will say <laughs> it's a bad adaptation of a game. Yeah. Of a game, Clue, Clue captured the spirit of the game yeah. and did a great job at it. Yeah. Battleship had nothing to do with the game Battleship. Okay, Siobhan, you yeah. watched. Uh, World War Z. I actually just watched it about two weeks ago, too, so... And I actually just finished the book, well, the audiobook of it, The Unabridged, about two months ago. So, I'm very curious on what your thoughts are on the movie. Uh, well, okay, first off, I told you I didn't read the book. Mm -hmm. But, um, from what I heard from people who have read the book, they said it was different from the movie, and that's given. But I wasn't sure how different it was. In almost every aspect. In almost every aspect, okay. They allude to a couple big things, like, one of, like, that book is really just a guy sitting down with people and them recounting their stories of what happened to them through surviving. And it's not in order, for one. So it's not like, 
here was the outbreak here. There'd be, like, some discussions of, like, this little village where the outbreak started, and then they'd go over into, like, the Middle East and discuss things that happened there. And then it would be an individual account of a soldier getting separated from her squad and trying to survive. Then they discuss, like, when the military is actually starting to band together with the, the colonies and that are left in the states, like, in the giant battle of uh, New York, the Battle of Yonkers, like, there's a lot of allusion to stuff in the movie, but they skip over every amazing part of what made that book great. It was honestly somebody sitting down and interviewing and watching these people go through the worst things. If they made that movie like a documentary and was going through reaccountings, oh, it would have been it would have been perfect. But I mean that. They they destroyed everything that was great and really beautiful about the book. They now you really bring up you bring up about World War Z and how it's the individual. It's almost it's it is it's almost like individual novellas, but it's a lot of novellas and they still work well together. They do. Going segueing that into the same topic that we've been talking about. Do you think that there are movies that are going too far? And they're not ending. Movies where they're up on like part seven, part eight, part nine, part ten. And are they just beating a dead horse or are they actually progressing and making it still good? Well, yeah, no, that's, that's a tricky question too because like, I mean, when are too many sequels too many sequels? Uh, that's a really good question constantly. I mean, like, for example, uh. Doctor Who! (laughs) That's a TV show. That's an ongoing show, so. And, Again, if you still think about that, that's still only in, if you think about modern Doctor Who, that is only in its, like, what, seventh, seventh year? And think about Supernatural. Supernatural's going on ten. Oh my god, yeah. Like, so for the modern incarnations, Doctor Who is its own thing. It's no different than saying the original Star Trek versus the next generation, or Voyage, or Deep Space Nine. They're, they're their own iterations of the show. They just haven't changed the name, or put a little subset on it, but, I mean, all those fans still view Classic Who, Modern Who. Um... But, I mean, uh, you look at, like, too many sequels. Like, I know there's a big thing that's split among a lot of our friends is the Lord of the Rings movies. We all can pretty much attest we all enjoyed the original Peter Jackson flicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whether the extended editions or the original editions. And then there's The Hobbit. And we're very, people are very split on The Hobbit. <laughs> I know a lot of people that feel the same way that Tim does. Um, I hate The Hobbit. Hate it. He hates the book I, too. I did. I hate. I hate the book. Really? Yeah, I, liked I hate the book. The book. I told you. He hates Actually, the book too. I didn't like the book, and I loved the movies. Really? I loved the Lord of the Rings books. I didn't like the Hobbit book. I thought it was boring. I, I hated the I hated the Hobbit movie because even though it's basically just a recreation of uh, the Lord of the Rings movie trilogy, it just it felt like worse. It was just worse. See, my thing with the Hobbit, and this really irked me a lot is like I know it was just for a marketing thing because they did not need to expand the Hobbit to three films. There's no that's such a small book. They didn't have to do that, but they had to they do it. They used all the sub books. I liked it because um a lot of, and not all of it, some of it is them taking liberties and making up shit. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the side things, side characters that they brought in it's like and things like that are pieces from Silmarillion from his appendix. So it's actually just integrating more of his work because they can. Okay. Yeah, which I can appreciate. And and I heard it was also that the um, the what is it, who who what what production company? It's Wingnut Films, which yeah. is Weta and Peter Jackson. 
Um, no, who, who commissioned the films? Oh, well, actually, this is an oddball, because this is uh, Metro Go- uh, Golden Mayor, so MGM. Okay, so it's... But it's MGM, Warner Brothers, and New Line. Because I heard, I heard a rumor that it, it wasn't Peter Jackson's decision to make it three movies. It was the the company's decision. The three companies that probably to stretch it. Wanted to stretch it into three movies. Most likely because it's also the first time in cinema history that you had three of the major players all had to team up to allow this movie to happen. So that means the money's getting split three ways. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they really want to make. So you have to stretch your box office. But I'm going to switch it up and and take it to a future thing that we're all kind of anticipating or maybe you're not and if we're looking at at sequels and are we taking it too long we had star wars trilogy and then they made a first trilogy a prequel trilogy (laughs) and now they're coming out with another trilogy that's going to come on the end we're about to have episodes seven eight nine and then and then with movies in between and there's something in between each one is this stretching the Star Wars franchise too far. Depending. Um, I think you really can't say that because of, there's one of the key things is, what, well, here, here's it's gonna be new we'll, characters we'll, is we'll, a big we'll, thing. Me, that's, that's my point though. Like we, like me and Kenny, um, just saw Guardians of the Galaxy. These are characters that exist in comics and all that, and that's, but like, most people I know had were like, who the fuck are the Guardians of the Galaxy? The trailer even makes fun of that. I know. Those characters I knew nothing about, I will happily see two more movies with those characters. Absolutely. Absolutely, hands down. So I guess what you're saying is more of like the EU characters that like Lynch is well, not even like, but it's it's highlighting characters that could be in those expanded. It's expanded Star Wars universe, getting into that type of stuff. Yeah, well, they're they're taking the fan base and they kind of punched us in the dick by just saying that the EU is gone. I Um, heard about that. Yeah. But they're going to be creating their own kind of EU and just make it canon, which is yeah. great. I mean, and that's something they even said way back when, too. A lot of the EU, they're like, we don't have control of all of this because it's multiplication houses. and They do, because it still had to be approved proof. by LucasArts. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. Who's the person that killed Star Wars? <laughs> the same guy that approved every one of those books. Yeah. Like, that, his company is responsible for the downfall of that same property. You now have that property in the hands of somebody else that is like, we're going to dump the seed of money, amount of money on this property that could be worth more than all the Marvel movies combined. They're not going to bleed it dry and fuck it up. I, I would hope not. They're, they're not going to. They're probably, they're going to do like they did with Marvel where right. they're going to start really produce like really quality movies. Yeah. Which I'm really excited for. I'm just. Mm-hmm. It's I, a damaged I, brand coming back to life. Mm-hmm. And the problem, my problem is, is that there is this gigantic EU to pull from with with a gig, with a enormous fan base enormous fan base but uh and uh i i hope they're going to cherry pick out of it which would be fantastic for anybody who's been a fan of the EU but what um i just was kind of curious cuz you uh mentioned brand now we were talking about like this being this you know like remakes and stuff like that and like sequels and mm-hmm. stuff being on a nostalgia factor and then milking it but then at what point does it change from that and become a brand well i think like you said for example like that's because i think star that, wars is a brand it's so star wars is definitely a brand. Oh, yeah. it's a brand yeah. that's that's a household brand like that goes back to like even while we were talking in episode two when we were discussing um Changes to comic book characters when we were discussing the female thor like yeah. we, we were discussing creating brands and 
Star Wars Episode Seven is going to create a new subset of that brand. I mean, that's a smart thing. But like, then there's the weird thing with nostalgia, though, is um, you have oddball things coming into play. Uh, I'll get to you in just a second. Yeah. Um, like, they're making a gem movie, Gem the Holograms. What? Are you yep. serious? Yeah, I, they they put up photos months and months ago of all those. Still have more Star Wars stuff. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yell about the gem thing yet because they did a movie of Josie and the Pussycats and it was fucking awesome. And if you haven't seen the Josie and the Pussycats movie, you should <laughs> absolutely go see it. It was incredible. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But going back with the, the Star Wars thing is, I just I hope that they don't take the ideas of the Star Wars EU and then kind of. Adapt it to to be part of this new universe. I think they're going to take the, the the parts that make the most sense. Yeah, because like the problem have, is there's too much time lapse that's in that, and based on like what you they have can the do solo the kids, which it's fine. I just, I hope you you continue on with the Jaina and Jason and yeah and the whole thing, but don't don't give us don't give us all as fans who have stuck with the with the with everything everything that has come out of Star Wars for the last thirty years, and then just say. Okay, you know all those ideas that you loved and got accustomed to and, and just and continued reading because they're there? We're going to take those, but it's different, but it's not. I, I don't don't do that. I don't think we're actually going to see much of that. I think we're going to see ideas from that, but I don't think we're going to see those characters. I think that's the problem is if they start getting into the EU and start using the EU, people are going to start expecting that and they're shoehorning themselves into stories that have already been told. Yeah. Like, come up with brand new characters. Don't just pull... Old ideas from the EU, and then try to rebrand them as the new universe. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think we're, we're going to see a lot of that. I think I think we're going to see a lot more new original stories out of this. I mean, you can even see with um, Disney's selections of all these directors that are working on all these films. It's like people like Josh Trank who made like Chronicle and all, and then uh, forget the director that just did Godzilla. But it's people that. They said specifically their filmmaking career was based upon their love. Star Wars was one of those catalysts for them as kids of why they wanted to become directors and make movie magic. And they're picking them to helm this because that was their influential point. Like Abrams always said very specifically, I mean, that's why he wanted, that was one of his key films. And one of the biggest like, uh, protractors of that would be like the new Rebels series because it's, it's a whole, it's, Basically, just a whole new idea for mm-hmm. for the Star Wars franchise. It's a great it's, it's a great mo- moving movement point. We're saying is like you can have a franchise that can last a long time instead of bleeding it dry, building new ideas as opposed to picking from other things and ruining them. But like, well, what about changing it up then to the video games? Uh, if they had Resident Evil video games that were made into movies, they had um, a lot of different video games. Silent Hill. Silent Super Hill Mario Brothers. The Super movie. Mario oh, Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, they also had a lot of video game series that just keep going on and on, and ones that they brought back. Duke Nukem Forever. Uh, they brought that too. I mean, what was that just to milk it? Or they had to know it was bad when they put it out. It shouldn't have been a shock to them. They had playtested it. Maybe they didn't. <laughs> no, it's it's like Aliens Colonial Marines, which was an awful game. Oh, Just that a is terrible so bad. Game. That is so bad. There's there's a reason why Duke Nukem Forever does means DNF, which also means did not finish. Yeah. <laughs> So are they doing that? Is it? It might not be just movies, but they're trying to do that in all sections. And are oh, we yeah. as a public? Too willing to just throw cash at anything that reminds us as a kid. Well, that's that's what's bad. Like, think about like I think there there's talk that they're already maybe greenlighting RoboCop too. 
um, which is Robocop, what, five, actually? <laughs> Something like that. So, I mean, like, but that's the problem. It's like, when you see a trailer, you're like, oh my god, they're remaking it. There's a big part of your brain that's just like, I love that character. I want to see what they're going to do. Or it's that, I'm, I'm curious, are they going to fuck this up? There's only one way that the RoboCop 2 movie would get me to watch it. Mm-hmm. If they ripped off of the new Dread, which ripped off the Raid. True. Dude, the I Raid 2 is that. RoboCop 2? <laughs> the Raid 2 was actually better than the Raid. Yeah. But I mean, like, there's definitely, like, you know, good adaptations. Like, uh, the reviews just came out for um, a movie I know me, Cat and Lynch, really want to see. Uh, which was uh, the new Kenshin film, just released in Japan oh, like two or three days ago. And everybody said oh, it was God, even yeah. better than the first part that really? they did. They said by leaps and bounds. Um, they said it was amazing. So you can have really good adaptations. And that that's one thing that's been coming out of Japan that's been really good is the live adaptations of anime. Yeah, they're starting to kind of, yes. they're starting to hone it. They're yeah. really starting to hone um, it. Like they did, uh, a couple years ago, they did uh, Space Battleship Yamato live action, which was really yeah, good. It's a very much, a, it would be up your wheelhouse. It's a, it's really? a, I don't know if you remember it's Space Battleship Yamato. It's a, Ba- it's a like, World War II era battleship that gets converted to fly. Okay, yeah, space. I have not heard of that, but just hearing but that now, I really want to. It's very like the hardcore style of the correct? Yes. Technically, that's the translation, isn't it? Uh, no, space no, battleship Yamato. The Yamato was actually a battleship oh, from World War II. Okay, no, there was a. They just did a battle planet, so that's what I'm thinking. But, but now, um, yeah, Japan's got a lot of really good ones because I gotta say, um, for GTO, the live action was actually better than the anime. Oh yeah. They just made, they're, they're, they're airing live, uh, the new live action GTO series, GTO Taiwan. Oh my gosh, really? Well, here's the problem though, is like, if you go around, we're now geeking about the, all these things that already exist, and we're like, we're the ones that are also help enabling Hollywood to do this stuff. We're all these different areas to do this. I also feel that we need to be very discerning with this. Because you can bring back an old franchise to to get a revamp, but you have to be we as we as customers have to be very discerning. We got to do our research. We have to do our yeah. research. We have to. I hate to say, it, but we we can't go we can't go opening night and give give the movie without even like a second glance. Yeah, like ninety million dollars in the opening weekend, That's like true. like with the Mad Max thing. I'm I'm not excited after that trailer. I just, I can't. I mean, that's the interesting thing is like, you know, I think Guardians was an interesting testament to that idea of everybody's like, who are these characters? And they're like, it's Marvel, but I don't think you're going to see the same thing when like Ant-Man comes out. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's going to be very different. And I think they're going to learn very clearly where that line falls. I think Doctor Strange and Ant-Man are going to have a much harder time than something like Guardians of the Galaxy did. I feel with Guardians of the Galaxy, they could treat it as like a new IP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it yeah. was it was a really obscure comic. Yeah, yeah it was a C, the C list D list characters. I mean, and they could like they could take liberties with it, and they could they could and they did just make a basically make a new IP out of the Guardians, which is smarter. Like that's that it's goes, like a lot of the Vertigo titles that get you know right. turned into movies and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It just depends on are they going to take the time to make it an amazing movie of its own right, or are they going to rely on the fact that hey, I've heard of that character, I want to go see it now. Yeah. Well, that's and no one's heard of Guardians of the Galaxy, so they went, let's make it really good, make people want to go see it. And well, that's 
paid off. That's the very interesting thing is, uh, I think something that we need to start using, uh, for in geek culture is word of mouth needs, is, needs to start being more important than staring at Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Um, I stare at the, the viewer list for Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's right. Well, that's still even sketchy though. Like if you're, you're somebody that looks at video game scores, if you look at Metacritic, you get fanboys that can get into involved in that. So, like in Rotten Tomatoes, if you're a hardcore DC fan, you got something against Marvel flicks. You have that same ability to damage that score or add to that score, however, which way you want to. That's I think the, a problem. the the real important thing is if you want to find out about it, you don't go to Rotten Tomatoes or Meta. You go to Caffeine Crew and you look up a <laughs> section called "We Review It All," and you will find. Your review for it there, and that that'll be a good review for you. Shameless <laughs> yeah. plug, shameless plug. And we have, well, we also have a lot of reviews on our site too. We do. Yeah. We cover a lot of geek culture, so find out through us. Yeah, I mean that's a big thing is too is like again and you know look at our stuff, but also talk to your friends, find yeah. out if other people. other people with your same interests already enjoy it, and if that's the case, then give it a shot. But if you're on the fence and you're not sure if it looks good or it's not the best move, don't go. Yeah. Like wait till DVD. Yeah. Wait till DVD. Wait for streaming. You know? I, I do a lot of movie premieres. I go to probably 20, 25 different movie premieres a year. And people always ask me, they're like, how was it? Because they're, they're looking to find out. And unfortunately, the vast majority of the time, I say, it was okay, but it wasn't worth the money. Mm-hmm. Don't, and I'm not paying for it, so it's okay. But, I'm telling you, if you were going to spend money, it's not worth it. Unfortunately, that's the vast majority of the movies coming out. Guardians of the Galaxy, total exception, absolutely worth the money. Go see it. I have two things to bring up with this, uh, the whole nostalgia thing. Uh, one is the series that you may, it, that gets a lot of ridicule. The Expendable series. Ugh. <laughs> I love the Expendable series because it doesn't take itself seriously. It's Stallone going, I want to get the, all these old 80s action stars together and just make a movie of us going around kicking ass. And that's exactly what it is. And that's not, exactly what it, it is. It doesn't try to be anything else. It's kind of like when you see a slasher flick, a preview for a slasher movie, you're like, you know it's not trying to be anything but a slasher yeah. film. And if you like slasher films, go see it. Go see it. But, but And occasionally, every once in a while, like, Sorority Row, the remake of Sorority Row. That was awesome. It was great. I loved it. Me and Kat saw it in the theater and like, that was a shit ton of fun. Like... Because we wanted to go see a campy horror movie in the theater. Oh, and we, we got to see a, good, a great campy horror flick. Two words. Sharknado 2. Oh <laughs> Did you watch it? I saw bits and pieces of it because I, uh, I was working, so I could only catch little things here or there. But, oh, it's great. Because it doesn't take itself seriously. The fact that the movie is actually called Sharknado 2, the second one. Yup. <laughs> Are you serious? That is actually the name of the movie. That makes it even better. Yeah. And they, they had like amazing lines. I wish I could remember the actual quote because I'm sure people will yell at me for getting it wrong. But it was stuff like, because this one was taking place in New York. And they're like, New York's don't back down from no shark bites. And they're having chainsaws. And <laughs> what's it like to get... Get swallowed by a shark and cut your way out, and it's it's fantastic. But then there's cameos galore. Actually, I believe if you go back to episode one, we talked about cult films um, mm-hmm. or what makes a good cult film. That's the problem I still have with that is it's openly going into the mix saying we are going to be so over the top that I think it loses a lot of what makes those movies great. Like I watched Sharknado one, and I'm like that just felt like a waste of my time, and I know they were trying to be over the top and silly, but it's more fun when that happens naturally as yeah. opposed to. Well, we have a budget and we're trying to make a movie because, well, we're under contract with this production house or 
And sometimes some friends just want to make a fun, silly movie, and when it becomes something special, it becomes its own thing, and it does it on its own. Uh, my second movie that I want to bring up is, uh, it blends the whole, like, cult mentality and the nostalgia thing, is the AVGN movie. The Angry Video Game Nerd, yeah. 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 That, it just What's actually... What's that about? Um, it's the nerd going to Arizona to find the buried E.T. landfill. Oh my god, yes, I've heard about that. This actually, and it was him to prove that it doesn't actually exist, and oddly enough, you feel bad for James Rolfe. Um, they actually, Microsoft had their own uh, TV series that they were going to start doing for Xbox One, and they actually said, we're going to do a documentary about this, and they dug it up while he was in post-production. Mm. Yeah. So it kind of... Oh. Yeah, it, it, it fucked him. It's kind of, kind of fucked up. Like, he said he was in talks with him as it was happening. He's like, look, I'm my own thing. I'm not going to let this get in my way and still do my movie the way I plan on doing my and, movie. But And the fans of The Nerd will... They're going to watch it anyways because it's still The Nerd. But, I mean, like, him and his people at uh, Cinemassacre, they have a love for old-school 80s culture, especially 80s horror films, not just gaming culture. So and I'm sure you're going to get a nice blend of that. They could, like, they could have gotten the bu- the budget to make the, this really ultra high production film, but they do pull from the old 80s, 80s horror genre production style of, like, there's a guy in, like, tank tread wheelchair and. Yeah. This goofy silly stuff. So, I mean, it could be very yeah. fun. Obviously, I mean, like, green screened in, in, like, explosions in the background. <laughs> yeah. So, like, fun little, like, interesting pieces. Yeah. Did you have something you were going to say? No, I didn't have anything. Okay. Well, I think we're going to um, take a little break, and then we'll come back into the show in a few minutes. Cool. All right. So, um, I know one of the things Kenny definitely wanted to discuss tonight was... Um, your favorite nerdy way to spend your weekend, I guess. Was it your Friday, Saturday night? Friday, Saturday night, just anything. Your, just your, your time off. A lot of times I am out and I am doing things because um, of one of my jobs. I've got multiple hats, but one of them I do a lot of emceeing and hosting events. So I'm always out um, hosting events at bars. I'm hosting concerts. I'm hosting movie premieres. I'm doing all this stuff. So a lot of times when I have my free time, I like to stay in, whether it's in my house or in someone else's house. Instead of going out. So I have my own ideas of things that I like to do to have fun. I was curious what everybody else's are. And for example, for mine, everyone who knows me knows I absolutely love board games. Really? And if you're gonna sit, if you're one of those, yeah, if you're one of those people listening that goes, oh, he likes Monopoly and sorry, you have no idea what a board game is. They have evolved. They're not even close to that anymore. That The people that say that are the same ones that will look at, like, a home entertainment center and go, oh, what's a home entertainment center? That's like VHS, right? That's Betamax. Board games have definitely evolved. So I spend a lot of my time doing that. They're interesting. But what do you guys do? Well, going off that, uh, we had an earlier discussion with uh, on the previous podcast where the resurgence of like the indie companies bring uh, making new board games for people which uh-huh. is fantastic which is one of the things i started to get back into especially like with you and and Tommy uh but for the most part my saturday my week my free time is consumed by me staring at like four different screens 
<laughs> I don't need that many Playing screens what? to masturbate. That's um, overkill. <laughs> Playing... <clears throat> Playing video games, rendering videos, watching videos, and porn. <laughs> All at the same time. Just sensory overload. That's, that's, oh my that's God. my, that's my free time is, it's just sensory overload. Uh, my free time is actually rather demure, I guess, or calm. Just because on weekends, even though I'm not working, I'm still working because I'm a single mom. So <laughs> there's no break. But for like me. when you have, even if it's not a weekend, like when you have a night to yourself, like so what, what do I generally What is the do? first thing you want to do? Okay, the, what I generally do if I have a night to myself, usually I try to hit my friends and I want to go do something, just be around people, go watch a nerdy movie or something like that. But more than likely, it's me playing Minecraft with a couple beers. <laughs> Why are you on Xbox? Why I, are you on Xbox? I don't know. Just the, that's the console I have. Or Netflixing it. Trying to find the coolest new thing to watch on Netflix. Well, I'm going to call in advance as we push it over to Rob that his answer is going to be similar. Because I could, if I had to pick one thing for Rob to do on a night off, it would be video games. Am I right? Uh, 50-50. Um, I will... Um, like I said, like our group of friends always hangs out at a diner on a Thursday night. And I go every other week or like every three weeks I'll go. And and I'll pregame before. Yeah, like we'll go to the, <laughs> we'll go to the bar and like then we'll head over to the diner because they're like right next to each other. But like if it's a night that I'm in, I'm like, I really want to play a video game. I would say about half of the time that I say I'm going to play a video game, I'm like, I get sucked into like watching random documentaries and like ordering out food and I'm content. Like I'm, so I get to that point, too. As much as I love video games, I have those nights where I'm like, I don't even want to touch a controller today. I, like, I don't, I want to veg out and just yeah. enjoy. Just, I see both of you on, like, Hulu, Crunchyroll, Netflix all the time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a big thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For us, well, that's one of our key things is, like, I like to game on my time, not on our time as much. Like, when we, me and her have time to hang out, she's usually always working on something. <laughs> So, like, whether that's editing or writing, but, like, when she does a lot of that stuff, too, like, and going through, she wants to, she also doesn't, like, want to sit there and just stare at words. She needs background distractions. For and I understand writing, that. I can't write with background distractions. Right. But like, if you're writing, I'll, yeah, if you're writing, I'll totally play games, you know, but, like, if you're making tea, like, I'm like, okay, let's start binge-watching something. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I definitely have my times where I play like, you know, like, Saturday, Sunday mornings, like, that's usually what I do. I wake up, I, I'm gaming if I'm not doing something for the house. I turn my jobs into hobbies. They're jobbies. They're jobbies. <laughs> Lots of little jobbies that I do at does, night. Does that mean they die? Oh! <laughs> Jolby doesn't like that, <laughs> No, just, just give him a sock. Give him a sock. <laughs> Jolby's free! <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, 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 there's a thousand one things, but like, you know, like, we'll go out to the dollar store and like, we're like, let's go do this. Like, there's still nothing, like, if you're bored, like, going to Target or the dollar store and just wandering around and finding weird shit, it's a ton of fun. Are we saying favorite way to spend, like, a weekend, though? I gotta say, I absolutely love the chances we get to do, um, and this is another jobby thing. It's another me working, but I love vending the cons. They are so much fun. I actually really liked attending as press, too. Yeah. Uh, we went to too many games. Like, I love interacting with geeky people and like-minded people. It is so much fun. Yeah. Like, it's a nice, blessed. it's a very nice break from, like, your the 9 to 5 kind of, like, feeling. Yeah. Like, your normal work. Like, it's, like, this weird, interesting environment. Like, we're doing something positive for the website. But at the same time, we can, we have the ability to have as much fun as we allow ourselves. And which is 
limitless. I mean, you can do whatever you want. You have the ability to do a lot of stuff that other people can't do. We do a lot of different things because I know I, I I emphasize the board games already, and I I absolutely love my board games, and it's a social thing <laughs> too. But I also will go off on the tangent of how nerdy I can be because I play in D and D games. Uh, yeah. I just demoed the brand new D and D version that's coming out, which is interesting. It has a few new tweaks. D and D next, yeah, is that really what it's called. Yeah, it's yeah, something like that. Something. They have a, it's, it's a cool system though, because if you have, um, instead of just lowering points on your roll, they'll have you roll at a disadvantage, you'll roll two d20s and you'll have to take the lower of the two. And yeah. if you have an advantage, you'll roll two d20s and take the higher of the two. It's a kind of cool change to the system. I just missed three fives. <laughs> three point five. I'll play three point five. I, I miss sitting there with about fifteen books in front of me, going, "Okay, what do I want to build?" The good old days. <laughs> Too many stats, and I'm like, "Keep it simple." What <laughs> games are people playing in right now? Uh, for D and D, Pathfinder role playing. Game. Okay, uh, I'm in an evil campaign with both. You and Yay. Kenny. <laughs> That's my only game currently, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. it's great. And I'm, I'm playing the, the D&D Next with Cotter and Angela and a couple other people. Mm-hmm. And then if I ever go back to it, we have the one that, <laughs> that has gone by the wayside yet again. I think it's just time for something new. My, something my new schedule is just, my schedule's just awful. Up. It really is. I feel so out of the loop because I, I haven't played any of these games in so long. What was the last uh, Pathfinder. Campaign, Pathfinder campaign? See, this awesome. is this is my very first time ever playing D and D slash Pathfinder. Like I've never touched a I campaign. Love Pathfinder. Pathfinder's good. See, seven five. Yeah. But you have a son who's at the age where you could easily introduce him to D and D and board games and be playing these things with him. Well, then his games, maybe. Oh, absolutely. You don't think he's four? He's four. Can't just Non-existent. So. Yeah. You, that game would have to be about 10 minutes long. Yeah. And unless he actually gets a, a Warhammer to hit you with, he's not going to care. <laughs> yeah. He needs, long. he needs, no, you know what he can do right now? Instead of a board game, he can LARP. We can start him a LARPing. Yes, you can. Oh my god, rocket yeah. scissors, yeah. No, not even, not even RPS, just the uh, Boffer LARP would be fantastic mm-hmm. for him. Yeah, he would go nuts. Yeah. To go around whacking people. Exactly, you get to hit things. What about you? Are you playing anything or? Uh, apparently I got signed up for the, uh, a LARP, a vampire LARP at the end oh, of the fancy, month. Fancy. I don't remember signing up for it. That's my middle, you guys. Oh yeah, it is. That's actually how I met most people was through an old werewolf LARP. That is not me because I LARPed <laughs> once for Vampire the Masquerade, like, I don't even know, 20 years ago. <laughs> and it was not entertaining to me. It was okay. I played it, but it, it just You just need to play a good one. That's it really didn't, what it is. It didn't have the appeal to me that a tabletop did. Is it me? Or like, I don't know, like, when and you hear LARP, though, does anybody still constantly their brain go to the old video, the lightning bolt, bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> my brain always goes Yay. there first thing. You can't help but not. A great depiction of the whole LARP community is Role Models, the movie yes. Role Models. Oh, I yeah. love that movie. <laughs> a lot of fun. That was awesome. The kiss, kiss my ass. Uh, what was what was the name of the nation? Uh, it's like kiss my Macedonia or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you're doing that because you brought up movies, and I know you guys said that you'll binge watch, and if you see them on uh, Netflix <laughs> all the time, that means you're on Netflix to see it. Or he's, no, well, I'm, on, he's I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the PlayStation Network. You can but actually I can see, see what you can see what we're each. 
accessing. But if it's I'm not sure. that, it's just Dragon Age. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm sure we all binge watch. What do you What do you guys binge watch? Is there anything that you're currently doing or anything that you're waiting to come? I'm anxiously waiting Doctor Who to come back. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Lynch. But I think it looks good. Anxiously, incredibly waiting for Sherlock from BBC to come back. So you have a long So you can binge watch three episodes? <laughs> three hour and a half long episodes. It's, it's like binge watching three movies. Um, anime, like, we find random stuff. Like, I, I've never seen Ranma one half. Hey, I'm him on it. You have fun with that. You you can. I'm not gonna watch all. You can have all the fun in the world with that. But we're watching it's that. Fantastic. We're watching uh, a show called Baka and Test Some of the Beast, which is hysterical. Another anime. Um, uh, you know, like we just pick at random a lot of times. Like we have our old mainstays, like that we always go back to to watch. But yeah. it's fun to try random stuff. I'm lo- I'm looking at Siobhan. I want to know what Siobhan like, watches. What about you? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm just I was listening, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, you might make fun of me, or you might not. I don't know. No, no, no. no. Until you say my little pony. Okay. <laughs> just I'm don't actually, say my little. That's how pony. I care. That's how I show I care. You're gonna make fun of me. Uh, I'm actually going now that I'm. I just finished Orange Is the New Black, and I know that's not a nerd show, but I loved it. But I'm actually going to re-binge watch The X-Files. Nice. I love The X-Files. Dude, The X-Files is great. And it is. There's a new X Files board game that's coming out that's getting a lot of high praise. That Which they're, I they're must saying own. They're saying did a great job. <laughs> but no, and there's nothing wrong with like non-geeky related shows. There's a oh, lot there's of awesome stuff. Like, me and Kat were watching Leverage like crazy for like a good two months. Leverage, Leverage yeah. Burn Notice was great while that was on, and I I binge watch uh, Hannibal after every season. I need to binge watch that again. I still saw only three Actually, episodes in the first season. Yeah, like you watch a lot of stuff too when I'm not at home. Like when you're like the days that you have like yeah, your I rare throw random shit on because I'm working on Dragon TV. Age clips. Just binge watch <laughs> Dragon... Dragon Age clips over and over and over again. I know what to tell people to watch. If you have not seen it, it's it's becoming more and more popular because I started watching it and I'd bring it up to people and they'd look at me and go, "I have no idea what you're talking about." And now it's about 50-50 that I'll either get the response, I have no idea what you're talking about, or holy shit, I love that show. Impractical Jokers. It's, I have no idea what you're talking about. I, so, there are, now granted, because it's the hidden camera show, and yes, I know people get that, but I'm telling you, it's different than a hidden camera show. It's a lot of cringe stuff, though. It's okay. cringe humor. But some, so yeah, but some of the cringe humor is. is so good. I've posted something on my Facebook page, and I, I tagged yes, you in it. I saw that one. I it watched was it. Hilarious. It was funny, but I was cringing the entire time. Literally, I was grimacing, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, no, it I hurt to watch it. It hurt to watch it. Oh, see, that, it. see, I don't consider that cringe, because I didn't cringe at all. I just okay. laughed. You're, when you're an empath? It's awful. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, I feel this pain. Uh-huh. That would not be fun. The one show that I binge-watched to catch up to get to current was Fairy Tale. Yes! Yes, you did too. If you, if you if you have any inkling of watching anime, watch Fairy Tale. Especially old school anime. Yeah. It's one Fairy of the... Fairy Tale is... It's quite possibly the best shonen anime out there. Like, yeah. the, the boys, like, loyalty, fighting, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's better than, better than Dragon Ball. Yes. Much better than DBZ. <laughs> better than Naruto. Better, better than Bleach. Than Bleach. Mm-hmm. Better than One Piece. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just all around better because they it cut out. the fights. Yeah, they cut oh out all God. of the bullshit. They mm-hmm. do. The five million episodes of like, 
I don't even know what they waste their time on with those fights. Like, some of the fights are so bleach? stretched out. Bleach. I mean, Naruto, any, any of Most any of, of those shonen animes, they stretch out the fights for, like, ever. And Fairy Tale cuts them down to reasonable lengths where like you actually episodes, can still enjoy them. Two episodes, yeah. three episodes, but they always do, like, they what most show, shonen shows do, where, like, there's also three other fights happening. But they tie them all up in those couple episodes really quickly. Or they'll make sure one episode is, like, at least 15 minutes of that episode focused on that one fight. Instead so of a 10 episode starts and re- tries to resolve Ugh. it quickly. Yeah. And if there's filler in, in Fairy Tale, it's, it's, short, mean- it's short but funny. Yeah, it's short, funny, and meaningful. Like, it actually gives, it gives more depth to a character other than just going, hey, we don't want to make an episode for this week. Let's just throw shit in there. Mm-hmm. I'm actually curious because, I mean, I've watched a couple fairy tale episodes here and there when yeah. you had it on, Cat, but I want to know how many episodes do I need to watch to get current? I'm afraid. 100, uh, 181? Oh, I knew it was going to be big. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's so easy to get through. You can Please. totally watch it with Hamish. Too. Okay. I think you'd like it. And the great part you about fairy tale. I love it. Great part about fairy tale is they don't do the they don't do what every other shonen show does, which is just milk it all year long, where there needs to be a new episode every every week. Uh, fairy tale breaks it up into seasons. There is a season every year, but there's that one season. Mm-hmm. They don't try to stretch a season through an entire year. And plots yeah. are always wrapped up within thirteen episodes. They That's do nice. like their twenty six episode seasons, but the main part of a plot will be thirteen episodes and the second part of that plot will be the next thirteen. Okay. So it's small chunks. And Fairy Tale is also yet again another really good board card game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna keep tying it all back in. X Files, Fairy Tale. Someone talk about trains so I can bring up Ticket to Ride. Oh actually I, I can easily bring that up very simply. Um actually I just finally broke down and got a tablet because me and Kat are going to Hawaii. Uh, and then, um, Christ, a week, yeah. week and a half. Um, so I'm like, we need entertainment. So that's another big part. It's like, it's a vacation. It's like, what do we want to do? So we're going to hike, which is one of the things we love to do. Like, and I can hike there because there's not really any snakes, which is odd because it's a fucking island. <laughs> I'm like, I think of like forests and crazy shit and I'm like, I'm going to just get destroyed. It's a volcanic island. So yeah, there's... I luck out. Yeah. If anyone... There's one snake. There's one type of snake on that entire island. I fucking researched it and it's rare as shit. So, so I it'll be your luck that you'll find. It. <laughs> Just so anyone anyone listening it's knows, a- if you bump into Rob at a convention, be sure to show him. A, a, like if you have a pet snake, bring it. He would show love. Him. He would love to pet oh, it. Rob. <laughs> show him your trouser snake. He's got such the little sad eyes now. I he love you, Rob. Trouser snakes are okay. I don't, I don't have to deal with them. Rob Rob gets a kiss. <laughs> I feel better. Uh, but yeah, so like, I, I was looking at games, and they have, I have two games in my queue that I'm gonna pick up, cause I finally got my like, cover for my tablet and my SD card in. Um, so they have Ticket to Ride, they have a digital version Amazing. of it, and they have Small Worlds as a oh, fucking game. It's really yeah, as a, as a game. And it's the same full fucking thing, and you can play it online with people, and like, it's the exact same game. I'll tell you, they also have online you can pick up, Elder Sign. I know, that's all. It's a great one too. Okay, so. We all know how we love to spend our Saturday nights. Now, you said you wanted to take this somewhere. (laughs) I wanted to take it somewhere is the fact that we have all expressed, all throughout the tonight, lots of different the tonight. (laughs) The tonight. The tonight. Uh, All different things of geeky intrigue to us. So we're going to play a little Price is Right geeky game between the four of you. In fact, we're going to break you up into two teams. So, team number one is going to be Rob and Siobhan. Okay. And team number two is going to be Lynch and Cat. 
We're going to put them on two teams. Oh, I took I... the liberty of going on today and randomly looking up, because it's eBay, and yet again, everything I just randomly searched on eBay was there. So I looked at some random things on eBay and took the highest price for the item, and we're going to play a little game. Now, I will ask uh, one Wait. of the teams to tell me... You took the highest price from eBay... From eBay. eBay's not a reliable store. Oh, <laughs> nope. That's that's part of the game. That's part of the game. So whatever you actually think it should cost, add about three hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> subtract. You never no. know. Or subtract. You really? never know. Not anymore. Oh, yeah. We're gonna ask one team to come up with what they think the actual price on eBay was. Okay. Now the second team will have to tell us whether they think the actual price is higher or lower than what the first team said. Oh if you get it right, you get a point. If you don't, the first team gets the point. What? And I have a question. What do we get if we win? I, I have prize. Oh, oh. I did bring a. I did. I did bring a. We prize. have incentives. Yes. You have incentives. Does it happen outside in the bushes? <laughs> no, you have to go into the bathroom and see that little hole in the door. Oh my god! What did you do to my door? <laughs> Just took the knob. Well, that won't work for us. It worked for the boys, but yeah. not us. Now, so. if you get it, if you get the, the actual price the within Wait, hold on, five hold on. cents, they, they brought up a really good what? question. You just said it. Well, we said, said the whole girl's glory. Well, you yeah. know, guys can stick. What's a girl's glory hole? Yeah. Well, well we have, have a glory hole. hole. Uh, I was gonna say the girl's glory hole would probably be sitting on a table and the guy just licking up through it. That would be my guess. That would make sense. That's fair. That's okay. that's my that's yeah. my hunch of what it would be. Yeah, the, not that I not just, that I've seen it in videos. We see just uh, <laughs> <laughs> we get a special chair. At least we get to sit Aww. down. You do. Yeah, you get to do. relax. Exactly. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> so we hopped out right. in the bathroom stall. So go ahead and get us started. All right. So we're gonna get started. We're gonna look to Rob and Siobhan first. Boy, Pressure. I found on eBay. A factory sealed original version of the Nintendo game Duck Hunt. Factory sealed original game of Duck Hunt. Discuss amongst yourselves. Okay. Um, (laughs) I'm gonna say we're gonna find it looking over 300. Okay. Definitely over 300. I was actually thinking more along lines. Depending if the guy thinks he can get a lock for maybe like. You think like $800? I can actually see, because this is eBay. This is eBay, so <laughs> they might try to go for as much as possible. How about this? Let's say $775. Okay, that's... I have a question. Is it the buy it now price or the auction price? Oh, good point, good point. These were buy it now prices uh-huh. unless there wasn't a buy it now price. Okay, and then okay. it would take the bu- auction. Okay. Okay. $725. $725. Okay. That sounds like a good number. All right. Hold Can't on. I also win. want to specify. This is Duck Hunt by itself. This is not like Duck Hunt Mario's together. Duck Hunt by itself. Just game itself. With, factory, wait, with the gun, with the, with the gun or without the gun? Without the gun. Uh, just, just the, the game itself. Or just, just the Hold on. I'm going to, we need to realign that. Hold on. We got to realign that. That's a weird one. Uh, yeah, without the gun. No, well, it's, it's factory sealed without the gun. With the, it guess. Six, six, six fifty. Six fifty. All right. They're going with $650. Lynch and Cat, what do you think? Higher or lower? What would you think it would be? I have no clue what this would be. You know, I think it'd be higher. 
Yeah? Because it's Duck Hunt, it's standalone Duck Hunt, because every copy that I've seen, it's the Super SMB and Duck Hunt. Yeah. All I've ever seen. So I think higher. Okay, I have no idea. I'll go with you on that. Alright. Rob and Siobhan have given us a price of 775 or 675 I think we said $650. $650. $650. Yeah, $650. $650. I'm good at this game. I don't remember. <laughs> $650. Lynch and Cat have said it was higher. Actual highest buy it now price for Nintendo Duck Hunt Factory Sealed $3,999. Oh yes! My God. <laughs> Holy fuck. All right. That's fucking crazy. Uh, okay, okay. Shit. All right, we will change the tables now. We're going over to Cat and Tim. Okay, real quick, time in. Awesome fucking idea. I like this. Yeah, this is very cool. <laughs> Highest buy it now price for a game of risk, but it is the Transformers Cybertron Battle Edition of Risk. Trent, I don't, I, I don't even know that. I don't even know. <laughs> um, can I ask a question? Year published? Original year published? Ooh, yeah. a, did oh, you track that? <gasps> well, I wasn't going Roughly. to bring it up because. Uh, it was roughly uh, created around 2006, 2007. Okay. Two cents. <laughs> no, Battle <I'm> Cybertron. <laughs> Who cares? Risk Transformers Cybertron Battle Edition. That sounds dumb. Highest buy it now price? Oh. I like that. He's going like this, and I see the prices. I'm Can you stop look. displaying your bosoms? Look, look, look. I don't. We need a point I have, no, I have no frame of reference for this. Yeah, I actually don't even know the cost of board games, really. Use your intuition. One million dollars. Oh, million. Let's say an, an estimate normal board game, like board game, board game is 40 to 50 bucks, I would say. Okay. That's yeah. normal. If you I'm wanted Risk it Legacy, $70. it would be about 70 dollars. See, I'm gonna give it seventy. What do you think, Lynch? We can go up. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of it because it'd probably be a limited edition for the, the for the Transformers movies. But they were so shitty. It was Why? a limited edition, and it did involve changing uh, the actual game board would transform. Uh, Not that I know from cool. having played it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, man, that actually does, that change everything. Everything. does change everything. It does change everything. And we're also going off eBay high, the highest bid True. or buy it now. Should we go 250 I'd, I'd actually want to go higher than that. Really? Because if limited edition always fetches a higher price. Why are people spending money on this Especially on, on eBay. Transformer. It's not the old stuff, but like... Uh, for that, I'd say, I'd probably say about 400 bucks. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Alright, Lynch and Cat have given me a price of $400 for the Risk Transformers Cybertron Battle Edition. <laughs> Siobhan and Rob, what would you say? Higher. Uh, probably, there are people out there who would pay the money for something like that if it's limited edition. If it's limited edition. <laughs> uh, my brain's thinking, because I, I follow weird conventions like Botcom, like Transformers Botcom, and I know how, so, like, even those basic figures, like, a normal old school Bumblebee from when we grew up that used to cost like three bucks. Yeah. I've seen go for thousands of dollars that are exclusive at BotCon. So I'm going to say well, high. Since you asked, I will remind you this was 2006, 2007. So I understand that. I don't that. think it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but like even still, if that game could have been a con exclusive at like something like BotCon or something like that, I could definitely see that fetching extra money because that means limited run. Yeah. So let's say let's higher. Let's say higher. We're so gonna they're going to say higher. Actual retail price. 
$29.99. So both of us are was. I said I played it. I didn't say it was a good game. <laughs> so, uh, since everybody's over, no points? Or? Since you are, no, they get a point because okay. you were incorrect. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure, because Price is right. If you're over... No, no, no. no. It's, it's, okay. yeah, for this. Nice it's part of our entry. We talked it's it up. It's true. Right, so I'm right in saying now right. that you guys got the point for the first one and the point for the second one. All right, all right. They're Shit. up. You guys need to come back. We'll go into something that's more of your areas of expertise. Okay. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And this is going to go back to Rob and Siobhan for the first price. Okay. What was the highest buy it now price for an unopened 12-inch figurine of Rupert Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Giles. 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 I is that Giles. the guy with the, the flat top and throws the side booms? Rupert Giles. 12-inch figurine unopened. It, but it, it's it's Giles. It's Giles. 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 Sorry, it's Giles. Giles. He, he's just like... <laughs> it's not like it's like Angel or, or, or Spike or anything like that. How much do you think that would go for? 90 bucks. 90 dollars? 90 bucks. Okay, max 90 dollars. Maybe, yeah. Let's say $90. $90. 90. We're go $90. All right, they've gone with $90. Lynch and Cat, do you think it's higher think, or lower? Yeah, higher. It, it's un, un, unopened. Unopened 12-inch figurine of Rupert Giles. I'll give you a good idea. From Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Limited edition runs. Harley and Joker up there. Never opened. They were 10 years old when I got them. Yeah. 30 bucks. They're still $30 eBay. No. Oh, yeah, well, now they're maybe like 40 or 50 <laughs> Okay. And that was eBay. Oh. And that was buy it now. They've said 90 bucks. Will you go higher or lower? Higher. I, yeah, I think higher, actually. Yeah. All right. They say $90 is the actual price for Rupert Giles' 12-inch figurine from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Cat and Lynch are saying higher. Highest buy it now price $149.99. And they are running away with this contest. It is three to nothing. We were perfection. We, we were a lot closer on the actual price, though. We were. They were closer. All right, we're going to go to something, and I'll, I'll tell you in advance. The answer to this is not in the hundreds. This is a replacement die. One die. For the Wonderful World of Disney Trivia Deluxe Game. Now, I will tell you that this replacement die is a standard white dice with black dots. There are no distinguishing characteristics or markings on it. They are selling a die that you can use for the Wonderful World of Disney Trivia Deluxe Game. But they say it is a replacement die. Is that the... Actual listing name for that it. is the actual listing name. Replacement die for Wonderful World of game? Disney Trivia Deluxe Game. What was this game made? I don't know, but it's a standard die. It doesn't look. <laughs> but it's special. also it's also prefacing it with it's also the Wonderful World of Disney replacement die. Yep. I looked at the pictures and they had it from all angles. There were no because I would have thought that there would have been like Mickey Mouse's head for a one or something. It's a yeah. it's a, it's a regular D six white D six. It's a white D six. Forty two dollars. Forty two. 
For 42. Alright, they saved $42 for one replacement die okay. in the wonderful world of Disney trivia. And you trivia say it's just game. a white die with black dots, like all other if dice. If I went to a Yahtzee game and picked up one of the dice from a Yahtzee game, you would not be able to tell the difference. <laughs> Higher. Lower. Rock, paper, scissors, fork. Okay. <laughs> We're already losing. The worst thing that's going to happen is we lose more. Okay. Shoot. Oh, shoot. Time. Oh, Time. Right. Well, that's good. You, right, should, right. you should decide together. Okay. <laughs> Rock, crushes, scissors. Higher. Higher. All right, they're going higher. Actual price, and I thought this was high for a replacement die, but you guys think replacement die are way high. $4.23. <laughs> <laughs> It's a basic D6! That's why I said lower! I was surprised when she said $45! I'm like, it's a DC You, you said wonderful world of Disney people are stupid. You also lead it in saying That is people are stupid. You can go to the dollar store and get one for 10 cents. Yeah, when you say it's not in the hundreds, in my brain is like some moron paid a thousand dollars for a D6. Alright. Not 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 our viewer morons. No, no, no. Other others. <laughs> this one will go back to Lynch and Cat. Now there's a lot to this. <laughs> no, wait, why is it us? We just did the they die. Did oh, it. they just it's did it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Then it would be Rob and Siobhan. There is a lot to this. This is a first edition advanced Dungeons and Dragons Dungeon Master Guide oh. with the Monster Manual 2. The Tome of Magic book, the Arms and Equipment book, and the Book of Elves. Holy shit. First oh. edition. First edition. Ooh. Uh, I will ooh. remind anyone that is not in, because I know Rob said he hasn't really played before the Pathfinder game with us, uh, AD&D came out after original D&D, so it is not the first edition Dungeons & Dragons. It is the first edition Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. Still. Which is, yeah, it's what it's not a new you? book. Mint, do you know AD? Not Mint. Uh, there is what writing. Is there is writing inside the cover of the Dungeon Master Guide. Oh. Uh, and the other books are used, but there's oh. no writing in them. Oh. Okay, that changes things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh, look at Lynn. She's... <laughs> I, I want to hear your answer. Okay. Okay. Uh. Okay. Uh, okay, so wait, it's a first edition, but they're not in first mint condition. First edition, not in mint condition, but no torn pages, no folded pages. It's in good okay. used condition, this, except the Dungeon Master book has a few notes on the handwritten on the inside cover. Okay, I'll put it this way. This, is, this one's really fucking with me, more so than any other ones. I used to collect <laughs> comic books hardcore, like, and special books that, like, are way back in the day, and going to conventions and seeing what dealers would pay for, like, certain books. Like, if you said, I have, like, the first appearance of Wolverine, but the book is got, like, the acidy yellow pages now, and it's got, like, a tur- torn page or two, mm-hmm. they'll charge, like, 120 bucks. That book, Mint, will go for... You can probably get, like, 350 to 400 bucks for it. Okay, so the... So... How many books is this? This is the Advanced D&D... Just give me a count. I don't know. Dungeon yeah. Master Guide, Monster Manual 2, Tome of Magic, Arms and Equipment, Book of Elves. Five so... books total. Books. I don't know. Is five hundred dollars too low? Probably too low. I think it's too low. Yeah. 
$2,000. Lower. Lower than that? $900? I think nine. I'm like watching Linda's face <laughs> as I say this. <laughs> And as Lynch smokes his e-cigarette, it is giving a nice D&D-esque puff of smoke dragging, like, out the corners of his mouth. That seems reasonable. That's over $100 total. Yeah. I just just need the screen. Um, (laughs) Chris, I don't know. I'm afraid because I don't know. It's even. You said you said nine, right? I, I said like nine hundred even or something. All right, we're gonna go. We'll go with her gut because I was completely wrong on the last thing. So nine hundred. <laughs> I'm gonna be wrong. Again. All right, I come over to Cat and Lynch. Lynch seems to know. So it's it's what six books? It is five books. Five books. The Dungeon Master Guide, Monster Manual Two, Tome of Magic, Arms and Equipment, and Book of Elves. They are saying nine hundred dollars. Okay, there's there's two sides to this. I'm gonna cut that silence out. But um, there's there's, <laughs> there's two sides to this. There are the community of D and D players that absolutely loved AD and D, because AD and D wasn't about the it wasn't about the players having the character sheet. It was about the DM doing all the work for the players. <laughs> if I remember correctly, I'll get hate mail if we don't. If I don't <laughs> no, we won't. We don't get we don't get mail mail from viewers. <laughs> but if I remember correctly, all of the work was on the DM, but it was pure storytelling. So there was there was there was the community that hated AD and D because it left it, it took it out of the players' hands, which is where I start, I started with AD and D, and I sat there for a game looking for toilet paper, which made me hate AD and D. But then there's the group that loves it because it's one person creating a world of story. It's yeah. it was it was a, it was basically it was aspiring writers mm-hmm. starting playing D and D. Adult scenarios were like a big deal back then. Yeah, gotcha. And it was a D and D, so it was technically it wasn't. It was between original and uh, second edition, I believe. Yeah. Correctly. I mean, people pay a lot for first edition. And people pay a lot for first edition yeah. anything. Yeah. And I'm just going off of, you're looking at at least, for 3-5 books, original 3-5 books, you're looking at at least 100 to $150 per book mm-hmm. for 3-5. For mm-hmm. Because it's out of print. Because it's, it's wizards and they put stuff out yeah. of print. The wizards. It's first edition D&D, so I... <clears throat> This is tough. Oh, Lynchling. I, I, I think I think you put a good tough. price on him. I think we, I think this is tough. Lynch. This is tough because nine hundred is where I'd put that that collection at. Because ah, it's, it's okay. DMG and a compendium to play a game. A whole like a compendium to play a whole game. Unless you're ridiculous, like some some D players are, where they want the whole thing. But and um, I would say. Round up, then they probably want to get as much as they could if they can get a thousand. I I, I want to say higher. I want to say higher. Higher, higher. I want to say higher. Is that your final answer? Higher, higher. Okay. (laughs) All right. Just to resum after that five minute break. (laughs) (laughs) Rob, Rob and Siobhan. Siobhan. No points. Nine hundred dollars. For a first edition AD&D DM guide, Monster Manual 2, Tome of Magic, Arms and Equipment, and Book and Elves. 
Lynch and Kat have said it is higher than $900. Actual selling price, jump on eBay, $89.95. Oh, fuck yeah! We got a point! Really? Yep. Understand, like, understandable. Reasons, reasons that I stated, people either love it or hate it. Yeah. Might just be trying to get rid of it. And yeah, might just be trying to get rid of it. Oh, fine, we got a point. I'm just happy you got a point. <laughs> we got a point. It is oh, four no, to one. Our perfection streak. Four to one, and Kenny's got one more question to ask. Uh, no. Oh, no. I've got... Oh, do you want to do just one more? So many. All right. I'm doing this one just because we'll I... Do, we'll do three because we got to get into the MFK and wrap Three. All right, three quick ones. We're, we're, quick we're at two ones. hours, so we gotta we got to roll quick. Superman on VHS from 1978. Sealed. Hmm. Wait, Ooh. factory sealed or just factory sealed? sealed. Okay, oh. factory sealed. VHS, 1978 though. Superman VHS. No, it's but VHS. Though. VHS. Yeah. Some people you, collect you, VHSs. You, people do. Yeah, people just, do. just to remind crazy the, people. But to remind the younger easier. viewers, it would be impossible to have a DVD factory sealed 1978 copy of anything. Yeah, but still VHS. No, but I, I would guess buy if it. You're collecting it. But it's I, still, it's still factory sealed. Super. Yeah. I don't, I will say I don't think anyone is buying this to open it and watch it. That's fair. It's a collector's item. Yes. But it is, she does have a point, it is VHS. 200? Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not as big into the, the, the collector's comic stuff and like. I am not into collecting VHS, so <laughs> I have no fucking clue. If you said Betamax. Ah. Uh, do not have, I didn't see Betamax. See, that would be wouldn't have happened. Neat, Warner Brothers like didn't support they have a dime Beta. A dozen. I mean, I guess Factory Sealed gives it some. It gives it that collector's feel. Uh, I'll go with. No, I kind of want to make it hard for them. I want to make it hard. Oh. Make it hard for them. Factory Sealed VHS Superman. Yeah, five, five, five hundred. Cats in disbelief. She's like fat. I legitimately don't know if he's saying five hundred or five dollars. <laughs> No, I'm genuinely... One or the other. Um, All right, make up your decision. You're making a decision. I don't know. Me, 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 me. Me, 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 me. Um, collector... Two? Two hundred? I'm fine with two hundred. All right, they say two hundred dollars for a factory-sealed 1978 edition of Superman on VHS. Thoughts? Uh, <laughs> gut instinct was to say higher, but... My gut instinct is not doing us so good, so... Uh, because, well, okay, because I'm one of those crazy people that would do that. I would buy it just to have it. Not to watch it, just to have it. Just because VHS is nostalgic for me. I would just want to have a piece of my childhood. So yeah, I'd be one of those crazy people. I also remember two VHS tapes in 1980s when they first came out. Retail for $69.95. A lot of us forget that. Yeah. I had a Puff the Magic Dragon VHS tape that says MSRP forty nine ninety nine for a thirty minute cartoon. Um, higher? Well, higher. Well, two hundred. Do you think someone would pay higher than two hundred for nineteen seventy eight Superman, Christopher Reeve? My brain's thinking lower. Okay. You do our agreement for lower though. You think I'm lower? Okay. Let's I don't try. know. Like, yay or nay? Like. Okay, let's try lower. 
Okay. We're gonna see it lower. Okay. They say lower actual price twenty five dollars. Oh, right. Damn it! Damn it! Yeah. yeah. It's VHS. Man. They're coming back. Even it is now forty two. Two. Okay. Two. Next one. We gotta get forty two. In honor of Rob, I found this. Garbage Pail Kids Series 2 Rob Slob with the Prism Refractor Edge on the card. What the fuck? Single card, Garbage Pail Kids Series 2, the Rob Slob card with the Prism Refractor Edge on the card. Now, I will tell you, it tells you in the description... The prison refractors were about one out of every 20 cards. <laughs> 65? You guys just both looked at each other at the same time. Why not? 65? 65 bucks. They say $65. Higher. You say higher. Higher. Cat, if you would like to get the Rob Slob Series 2 Garbage Pail Kids for your husband. No. $20. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah! They are up three. Three, four! And we're gonna give them a chance. This could tie it up. Final two questions. This could this could tie it up. Alright. Cat and Lynch. This is one of my favorites. Crocodile Mile Slip and Slide. Brand new factory sealed. This is a slip and slide from 1998. Where you would slide into the crocodile at the end of the slide. Crocodile meaning a curtain with a crocodile painted on it that was Little ribbons. I know, but you guys talk about these things, and my toys were like rubber bands and paper tubes and shit. Oh. Like, I'm like, I don't know prizes on these. Crocodile Miles Slip and Slide, brand new, factory sealed from 1998. That's called tarping some water from a hose <laughs> and a real and a real crocodile. Yeah, <laughs> real crocodile. Yes, the authentic crocodile is important. The freezer croc. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome, though. <laughs> I know. My family had a freezer croc. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I got nothing. I'm not good with these. For crocodile slip and slide. Do it. That was that was the thing back in the day. Was Do it, it appropriately because I if you get it wrong, they will tie the game. <gasps> and if not, the game is over. <clears throat> And it's made by Whammo, so let's... Uh, there, there you go. There's a brand name right there. A lot of people buy brands. So. Rob dropping his knowledge that he knows Drop what the price would be. That was from Whammo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, actually, it is. Yeah. Like, is we it? know what we're yeah. talking about. Oh, it's insane on there, but I'm pretty sure it is. All right, guys. What do you say? Anymore. Nobody. Well, what it's is it? not like a slip Is it slide. used? No, brand new factory right sealed. Oh, everything's like factory sealed. But you can get, like, a new slip and slide for, like... Yeah, just be... Sure. Alright, they say $89.99 for the Crocodile Mile Slip and Slide brand new factory sealed. So they say $89? $89.99. One penny shy of 90 bucks. Lower. Lower. They say lower. Actual buy it now price $80.99. Tied up, which means I'm going to go to one final tiebreaker. Whoever is the closest, each person will get a chance to answer on this. Star Wars characters. Oh, damn it. Mint in package. <laughs> oh, 80 God. figure lot from 1977 to 1984. Ooh. What is the asking price? 80 Ooh. figures sealed in package. 
figures that came out between the years of 1977 first, and 1984. First question, does it say how many characters? <laughs> no. It's it's an 80-figure lot. And there's a picture, and I did not take I the mean, time to scan they're, over They're all factory is. sealed? They're all factory sealed. But it doesn't say who it is. I'm going to guess. All right. Kat's going to take the first guess. We'll go I'll back go and forth between 2, teams. Kat says 2,000. We'll shift it over to Siobhan. Okay, there's how many of them? 80. 80, 80 characters. From the original series. Yes. Factory sealed. Factory sealed. It's all Ewoks. $10,000. <laughs> all right, Siobhan says $10,000. We will shift it back to Kat's team and go to Lynch. $675,000. $675,000 from Lynch. That's a lot. That's high. I know. And we will go back to Rob. Come on, man. So far, we have 2000 10000 675000 We are looking for the closest to the actual retail price. 6000 okay. Rob says 6000 That's solid. 2000 6000 10000 675000 <laughs> That's a big difference right Actual there. retail price asking on eBay... $19,999.99, which means Siobhan was closest yeah. with $10,000, yeah. and Rob and Siobhan win. We win! We were losing. Oh, my God. We pissed scared. it away. We pissed it away. They get we to did. share the amazing <laughs> After Earth horrible movie Factory Sealed. Oh. We still win. And I did oh, take no. the time to look it up on eBay. It would go for... $24.61 if anyone bothered to pay for it. You can happily take that home and watch it with Hamish. (laughs) So we win! Rob, we win! Because we don't have to watch that. Well, that was awesome. Thank you for putting that game together. And speaking of games, we wrap up every show with our Merry (laughs) Fuck Kill. Tonight, we are doing our special Lord of the Rings edition of Merry Fuck Kill, and it's a very odd mix of characters. (laughs) And it's hard. Um, (laughs) That's pun intended. It is a little difficult. Okay, so tonight's characters for the Merry Fuck Kill Lord of the Rings edition, we've got Gandalf, and it doesn't specify the gray or the white, so it could be either or. We have Gollum. And we have Tree Treebeard the Ent. I don't know who I'm killing. <laughs> I am going to start with Shabbat. Oh god. <laughs> see. Okay. Uh I'm killing Gollum. Sorry, Gollum. Okay. So good. Precious. Precious. Well, I'm not fucking that thing and I'm not marrying him because Okay. Killing Gollum. Those are my precious. <laughs> I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna kill Gollum. I'm gonna marry Gandalf. Be kind of cool. I'm gonna fuck Tree Build, Treebeard, and it's gonna probably be like the scene from The Evil Dead. Yeah, most likely. That's gonna be rough. It's gonna be rough. Kenny, you are up next, sir. Because this the bark is rough. <laughs> this is a very difficult one. Some of it is easy, and I, th- I think most people are gonna assume that yes, you want to kill Gollum, just because I would not want his mouth. Anywhere near my <laughs> genitalia. Which should happen during sex. Just reminding anyone out there that's not. Kenny is wriggling. So, no. I, and you certainly don't want to marry Gollum because Gollum, you can't trust him. And if there's no trust, you can't have 
you know, that would be horrible. So the only thing left is to kill Gollum. Now it comes down to Gandalf and Treebeard. Gandalf would certainly be better to fuck because there would be no splinters involved. <laughs> but he would also be an amazing life partner uh-huh. with all the magic skills. You could have that whole Disney-esque just make the broom Aww. clean its house and cook the food <laughs> by itself. And, hey, we need somewhere to go. I'll just call up a giant moth and fly you there. No Aww. problems. But... That would leave having sex with Treebeard. <laughs> Just suck it up. Suck it up. And, yeah, that's. I, I think that's what I would have to do. I'd kill Gollum, marry Gandalf for the <laughs> obvious perks, and then have sex with Treebeard. Now, I guess it's also depending what you consider sex. Could I just beard fuck him? You can do whatever you want to. We'll do, I'll do that. I'll 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 just rub just it off. His roots. Rub it off on me. Rub it off on the moss. That's not sap, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and also, here's the thing. Just the thing about knowing Treebeard, he might not even want to have sex. Sex might. Oh my god! What if sex lasts for like a week? Oh my god! No, no, no! Not for me. Because as soon as I come, I'm done. That's, that's, that's the, the time joy of being the boy in this situation. Properly. Oh no! <laughs> uh, so. So yeah, I'm I'm so it's it's just there's too many good things for having kill sex Gollum. with Gollum. Kill Gollum, marry Gandalf, and then Dendrophilia all the way. Yeah, a little Dendrophilia <laughs> to finish it off. Boom. Alright, Kat, you're up next. Alrighty. I'm killing Gollum too. He's so <laughs> fucking creepy looking. I mean it's kind of endearing in a way, but I still could not deal with that on a daily basis or even to bang. That's ugh. Make <laughs> house pet, not a good mate. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't but know. picture he him eating the me. fish and doing that to you. Oh, no, you just no. look down between your between your thighs and you see those big oh, eyes staring God. back at you. I'm gonna have nightmares. The tongue right slapping around. Nightmare. The few teeth sliding <laughs> against you. Drool. Oh. Oh. Um. lubrication. Oh. <laughs> okay, my my um, lady hole is hurting going, right now. I know, right? I'm gonna. Thank Gandalf, and I'm gonna marry Treebeard because he's got a pretty sweet gig. I mean, I could just frolic off and he'd still be talking, and then I could come back and he wouldn't realize I left. And I could just frolic around in the woodlands forever and ever, and he'd, that would be amazing. He'd yeah. still be in the same sentence, too. It's you, true! So I wouldn't miss anything. You so can't ask mate, him. You can't ask him to do a thing, though. That's okay, yeah. he's a tree. <laughs> I, I, I just wanna be in the woods all the time, that's great. Cause like with Gandalf, I mean, he's always off doing stuff. He would be, he'd never be around. So it's not like you know, I, I would just have sex with them. It'd be cool. He'd do some magic wizard tricks and shit. <laughs> and then me and Treebeard, it would be great. I just have some fun times with the ends in the woods. And on the plus side, no one's gonna fuck with you. Yeah, exactly. He's like, dude, no I got the forest behind me, and I was like, what are oh you talking God, about? It'd be so badass. Literally, and have the forest behind because you. Because he probably <laughs> want to have sex. No splinters. Yeah. All right. So Lynch, I've, as I've explained before, scorched earth policy. <laughs> scorched earth policy with that. This one, kill everyone oh. and just monk it by myself. <laughs> Unfortunately, in Mary Fuck Kill, you can't. So you still you have to choose, choose something. And so I've been thinking about it. I knew, <laughs> I knew this was going to be the response of all. Oh, you can't do that. Why do so you kill Gandalf? <laughs> Because well, if I the- haven't made it abundantly clear by now, I hate Lord of the Rings. But you have that poster above your bed. <laughs> 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 oh, 
I okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. He's like glass middle earth. This glass all of it. <laughs> Alright, so who are okay. you gonna marry? Who are you gonna fuck? Who are you gonna kill? I've thought up an interesting answer. I'm not into lem- into the lemon party. So Gandalf, gone. I like Gandalf. Killing? Okay. Yeah. I'm curious where this is Gand- going. Gandalf gone. Gandalf gone. Because no no lemon just no lemon party. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Treebeard. Because it would last a week. And it'd just be a week of awesome. Because it's wood. Yeah. <laughs> it's a week of wood. There's nothing but puns. I'm like, got wood? Well, yes, happen- I do. What happens if you give Treebeard Viagra? Does he get extra woody? <laughs> crickets. Yeah. Crickets. Yeah. crickets. <laughs> Lynch, add the crickets. <laughs> and marry Gollum. Because you take the one ring, and I'm going to play an Asian stereotype here. Use the, use the ring as a cock ring. <laughs> oh no. Oh. <laughs> And, and he's then Gollum will always be after you after the goods. It's true. After oh, the precious. God after damn the, it. Oh, fuck. Must have the precious. <laughs> Plus, he'd probably be a very like good. Pr- you could boss him around all the time if you have the ring. You know? Yeah, yeah. He could be like your little whipping boy. I will say though, it, it sounds like someone has never experienced the plight of getting a hand job from someone that was wearing a ring. <laughs> so if he if he's trying to get the ring and he's trying to slide it off up and down, that's okay. bad. That's a bad thing. This might backfire. He might bite your cock off. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me, precious. <laughs> Oddly enough, Lynch's answer is the same group of people I chose, and but I have different reasonings though. Treebeard. I it's, uh, I'm an East Coast person. I can't like I remember working with like on a film set with people that were from the West Coast where they're like very chill and laid back and slow and I'm like why can't we get anything done? No, like <laughs> I don't have time for that shit. I have too much other crap to do. So I'm sorry the end has to go. Sorry Treebeard. Nothing against the forest. Fangorn's all gorgeous and pretty and stuff, but you talk way too slow. I can't imagine. Is oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, that feels so good. Oh my god. Good. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Done. Um, Are you killing him? So, Treebeard is going to die. Must die. On the bright uh, side, you could get some s'mores out of that. I could. Um, no, no. Well, no. Well, what, what race of tree is uh, Treebeard? I don't know. I don't really give a shit. Ent. Ent. But he's a tree. Pe- he's, he's tree people, so. If- is is he deciduous or coniferous? I don't care. Um, <laughs> because if it, he's coniferous, you don't want to no, eat the, the s'mores. Okay, if he's yeah. deciduous, you you can. Yep. But if he's coniferous, you don't want to eat things cooked on him because then you get the sap inside you. Ah! Lynch is set for the zombie apocalypse. Yes, he is. <laughs> okay, so moving on. The reason I'm gonna fuck Gandalf. I'm good. Re- and I'm going to fuck him for a good reason because if you're like, actually, like, kept up with, like, as the film got, uh, was going through its production diaries originally, everybody said Ian McKellen outlasted everybody all night when it came to partying. Mm-hmm. He stayed up longer than all the kids, always was the one that wanted to hang out, go drinking, have a lot of fun. So, seems like he's a very wild party person. 
But party people you don't want to marry because it's like, why aren't we going out until three in the morning? And then they start bitching and moaning about it. And it's not a good fun way to like have a nice evening. But fucking wise, I, he's got a lot of years behind him, so he's got a lot of experience. They make Viagra now, so I'm sure I, whatever he's got going and brewing in his brain, things will be a lot of fun. And if he dies, I get a complete alternate version. So like a side fuck on that too. So. You know, I, so, I'll, I'll second that because I didn't think about that. He's the one person that has magic and may. I don't know if he can do this or not. Maybe you guys can clarify. I just magic his penis off. But no, it, he could maybe give an illusion of turning him into whatever person you wanted him to be. Very possible. So, like I said, Gandalf, we'll go with Gandalf for the fuck. And marry Gollum, and for a good reason. I'm going to steal his ring, slip it on, turn invisible, and run the fuck away. <laughs> That's true. There's nothing happy the ending game. for me. <laughs> nothing in the game that says you have to stay with the person. Exactly. We can be married and separated at a distance. My precious, has an expression sensor. Ah, so. <laughs> so that is this week's episode of the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods. As always, you can find us on our website at www.caffeinecrew.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Caffeine Crew. You can always reach out to us through email at thecaffeinecrew at gmail.com. You can find us on YouTube at Caffeine Crew. And you can also look for us on Twitch as Caffeine Crew as well. Um, you can also look for us in the street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We also have J1 Con coming up soon, too. That is in September. 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 And September 14th. September 14th, which is Sunday. Me and Tim will both be at the convention. Um, we've got a few more other things coming Steampunk up soon, Unlimited too. Steampunk Unlimited. Oh, yeah. As well. Steampunk Unlimited. will be there. Yep, Steampunk yeah. Unlimited. Um, actually, it'll be... I'm a guest author there, too. Kat will be there with her books and her tea. Siobhan will be there for uh, her first oh, vending event. Kevil, yeah. our artist on the website, uh, he recently had we'll a new piece up. Yeah. We'll also be there. Also, our friend Brian will be there vending t-shirts as well. Um, um, is that Steampunk Unlimited? That's yep. Steampunk yeah. Unlimited. And uh, uh, our artist Kevil Kabiro will be at J1 as well. Yes, awesome. he will. Yeah. Um, the nice thing, too, with uh, if you're a fan of Steampunk genre, too, good reason to go to, um, as opposed to buying from all of uh, the contributors to the site, Abney Park is going to be the uh, musical guest or amazing band, really well worth seeing. Make sure you go for that. Um, also, as well, though, too, um, to wrap all this up, we always have to say a huge, giant thanks to DJ Cutman and Game Shop Records for our opening themes. And another huge thanks again to Tim Lynch for all of his hard work on the website and through um, producing all of our audio content. It takes me about two and a half hours to listen to a podcast and say, Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> but as always, we are the Caffeine Crew. I am Rob. You can find my articles at the What the Fuck Wednesdays. I've got something new coming up next week called the Retro Rewinds when we kick off Shark Week. Uh, I'm here with. And this is also Siobhan, also on Eyes of Seraphin on the website. And stay tuned and look for my sci fi Sundays that are coming up. So keep in mind that I will be posting those come Sunday. And this is Kenny. You can always find my reviews of anything and everything I randomly find under the title We Review It All. If there's anything you would like to have reviewed, send it in and I will review it for you. There may be something in the works for a sex column coming up. So, keep an eye out for that. (laughs) 
It's a cat, and I do the AMV roundup. Yeah. Um, Lynch, I have uh, an essential anime list coming up, and I'm hoping to start a new YouTube segment soon called the Cynical Anime Reviews, where I just <laughs> I, I just hate on an anime for a couple minutes because it, it's supposed to be a joke. <laughs> well, thanks for again. Like I said, the podcast happens because people like you come to the website and check us out. Thank you again for listening. Thank you again for reviewing in. And P.S. Michelle Liu, I'm very, very sorry. Apparently, we got you in trouble at work from listening to <laughs> some of our podcasts, but we hope you enjoy. Thanks again, guys. See ya. Thanks. Bye. Bye.